Uh, hey everybody, this is me, Lindsay Rogers. Welcome to the Pro Wrestling Fan Vlog Podcast. Right now, I am going to be watching the Elimination Chamber. That is kicking off in less than one hour. Uh, right now, they're going over a lot of this stuff going down tonight. Um, including a mixed tag team match that I'll try to talk about and some other things as well, including we're having the f- a men's and a women's uh, uh, elimination chamber match and some other things, okay? Okay. Without <laughs> further ado, let's go talk about some stuff, shall we? The, so the Elimination Chamber is kicking off tonight, and I should have realized that. there There's an opportunity of what's going to be happening. For the men, whoever is going to win will probably have an opportunity to face against. It's a possibility if they face against Roman Reigns or Sami Zayn, depending on how things go tonight. Hey, um... I don't know if that's in on a later date, but um, I know Cody Rhodes is going to be taking it at WrestleMania. But, and as for the women, there's a possibility whoever is going to win this will have an opportunity to face against Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. Uh, so this might be very interesting how this goes down. And I know things are going to sh- foreshadow the upcoming of WrestleMania. Uh, so, there's a lot of things that are going down. Now, there's, and now, of course, I have found out there's a mixed tag team match at the Elimination Chamber that involves with uh, Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley versus um, <coughs> Edge. <coughs> And his wife, Beth Phoenix. And I think there's still stemming out anger going on. If you guys didn't know, uh, Rhea attacked Edge and Beth attacked her So, at the Royal Rumble. So, anyway, the Elimination Chamber is being previewed right now. Um, I see the one and only, the good man, and Stu Bennett, a.k.a. Wade Barrett, who... Is really, really looking really nice in uh, in uh, a purple uh, jacket with I think it's a bluish, like a a, a dark bluish uh, shirt. Um, he's he's actually in Philadelphia for Booker T. Um, we have. Pete Rosenberg, and there's the two others who I don't know of. Um, but I will say that uh, for Stu, uh, or I should say Wade, uh, he looks very short. I, I mean, the beard's trimmed out, out hair's trimmed, and everything looks good on him for tonight. And I'm just saying that's a compliment. Um... Yeah, so it says here the for the women's championship, women's elimination chamber, um, it's uh, I think I can let's see, I know there's Natalia. No, yeah, the Nat, yeah, Natalia Neidhart is in this um, 
Nikki Cross is in his Liv Morgan and ask uh, for the uh, six women because I don't know the other two. Although I can tell you right now for Natalia Neidhart, she's definitely channeling her Uncle Brett at <laughs> with the with her new when when she displayed out her new uh Royal Rumble ring gear. She's definitely channeling her uncle. Oh. <laughs> anyway, um I know they're talking about the women right now. Uh, unless they're gonna also jump into the men as well. And uh the reason why they have uh uh Wade Barrett on there is because he has been in an elimination chamber match at um before he was uh decided to get into commentary. Um yeah, and I know most you guys are wanting me to stress that. Uh, yeah, he tried to, but he never win one. I think I don't know if he did or not. Anyway, anyway, whoever's winning the uh, elimination chamber for the women are still facing against are going to have an opportunity to face against uh, Bianca Belair at WrestleMania for the Daddy Raw Women's Championship. And I think it's sometime around next month, I believe. Or a little bit later. I don't know. I forget. I think it's next month. Anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. Kevin Patrick is the guy who's next to Pete Rosenberg. Okay. Sorry. Way better to pick is Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, Kevin Patrick's choice is Carmela O. Okay. Yes, the two girls that I don't know of. <laughs> Oopsie. And uh, good old Pete Rosenberg will be choosing. Because <laughs> I don't know the field chick is choosing. <laughs> Let's see. Who's Pete choosing? Most decorated ask 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 you, uh, Miss Kana. Oh, yes, Kayla Braxton. She's not choosing. That's sad. <laughs> okay, this is getting weird. <laughs> Crazy. Yep. Um, if I want to choose who I think's gonna come out on this, it's a possibility. I would love to see Liv Morgan or maybe Natalia, uh, Ninehut coming out of this. I mean, especially for Natalia, cause you know she is definitely um, she is definitely like do do, I guess. Have another title run. Of course. Then we have the mixed tag team match. At uh, Edge and Beth Phoenix. Versus Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. Of course probably Damian Priest. And Dominic Mysterio Are going to probably be in Finn and Rhea's corner. Well, I think. Maybe they. Sh I think Edge and Beth should have somebody in their corner. Like uh, I don't know. Rey Mysterio. And maybe one more. Like I don't know. <laughs> uh, although 
it's been crazy seeing Edge and Beth Phoenix very much involved since their days. Since I, I know it's it's very crazy. I mean, I mean for Edge, it's like ever since he since his growing his hair days. Of course, his hair is shorter now. And Beth, on the other hand, well, she's much different now since she since she and Natalia were once teaming up. Up. Oh, the chair shot. Ugh. Two. Okay, so they're previewing the match. What happened? Despite that he quit, it Red just chair shot Beth. Beth. Anyway, three months later, at the Royal Rumble, when Edge came out, <laughs> he speared all three, and then he took out Damien. And Don, Damien and Finn, and probably even Dominic. No, he didn't. Of course, then Ray attacked Edge, and then out of nowhere, the Glamazon, Beth Phoenix, she's ready to kill her. <laughs> I love the new Beth Phoenix look. Because <laughs> she can't wait to put her paws on the Rhea. <laughs> I mean, I'll say this. <laughs> it's crazy to see two people I love watching over the years <laughs> finally get their hands on the Finn, Bella, and Rhea Ripley. I mean, even though I love me some Finn Balor when he was once known as Prince Devitt, but... Rhea, I don't know. She's kind of grown on me since. But uh, this rivalry between in a husband and wife and two good friends are ready to end it up into heck. <laughs> and and th and hopefully this will probably end between uh, end it at the elimination chamber. But if I think who's going to come out on top, I think it's Edge and Beth Phoenix. Because I have, I trust that Edge and Beth will come out because they're the fan favorites. All right. I know I, people want me to think, oh, you should go for the others. So, like, not really. <sighs> anyway, so I guess Stu's going to be better. I think he's probably taken on. I think he's cheering on for Balor and Rhea. <laughs> so, anyway. I understand I have the TV muted because I don't want any... I don't want the podcast to pick up any sound. So, yeah. Everybody are wondering who's gonna... Who's gonna win this... 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to choose Edge and Beth Phoenix because you never do go and underestimated a loving couple like Edge and Beth Phoenix. Which, by the way, they both have girls. Else, which I'm pretty sure they're probably not watching this for the sake of, uh, for the sake of their, sake of their sanity. I don't not if I was Beth, I would not let the I would not let the girls watch this, even though they'll probably be proud of their mother, proud proud of me. But still, I'm just saying. Speaking of him, I was Beth Phoenix, but you know I know it's how crazy it is, but it's crazy, you know. Okay, I I know this is I know it's tough because this that was part one. Here's part two, so I had to listen to what they're talking about, and for Wade Barrett, he's favoring Edge and Beth Phoenix because uh, he knows how Beth is because they were both on commentary together, which makes a lot of sense and for uh. Wade's defense, but I'm pretty sure the other three are probably saying, oh, it could be Beth and Edge, or it could be a, a Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. Either way, I'm with, I'm like I said, I'm sticking with Edge and Beth Phoenix. I mean, Wade got good points. I mean, because he knows how Beth is, and he's amazed by her. I'm like, jeez, be careful not to say that in front of Edge, or you're going to get spared yourself, Stu. <laughs> uh, anyway, so they're going over the picks. Yeah. So, yeah, he's picking out Edge and Beth Phoenix. Is Wade bad is Kevin, Patrick, uh... And Pete Rosenberg, I don't know who they're going to choose. I think from reading the close captioning, I think Kevin's going to go with... Uh... No, he's going with Edge and Beth Phoenix, too. Holy crap, Kevin's on. Kevin's going for Edge and Beth Phoenix. And Rosenberg, uh, he went for Bella and Rhea. Oh, my God. Rosenberg, no wonder why the pro-risking community does not like you, good sir. <laughs> but uh yeah, I'm with I'm with I'm with with uh Barrett and Patrick, yeah. They at least they'll probably got even though Kevin's probably would have to say stuff, but you know, I have to say because even though it's hard to decide to choose, but we're talking looking at fan favorite, so yep. Oof. Anyway, so uh yeah. I I will say definitely that, you know, there's a lot of things. I mean, I could say in the defense and about out the baller, but it's free is very much I could say not know much. I mean, full baller because I used to know him as Prince Devitt. It um because of the days that Devitt was like who he was before he became before he started the Bullet Club, and of course there's a lot of other things. Oh, he 
Really, the biography of Dirty Legends, and especially of one that's about Dusty Rhodes. Ooh, I wish they could talk about Dusty without the, well, without Cody's brother, Cody's half-brother, Dustin, which he's in um, AEW. But speaking about Dustin, I heard he had a good match against the, uh, what did he wrestle against? Oh, yeah. Sh- sh- Swerve Shane Strickland. <laughs> the Swervious. <laughs> I think. And uh, I think they both tore it down. I'll have to look into the match. But I'm glad to hear that... Uh, I'm just glad to hear what's going on with uh... yeah yeah Yeah, maybe I'll look in to see what Duddy pulls out with having Cody there because even though I feel like it should be more like Dustin to be talking about his father there since he was mostly with him during their WCW run together, but then again, Cody may have more of an insight. Even though I'm still, even though I'm still annoyed with uh, the Rock when he had his show Young Rock, and he had somebody to play uh, Cody and Dustin's father. I'm like, why didn't you ask Cody Rhodes to play his father? Just like you were went on that '70s show playing your father, you turkey. I mean, or you could have asked Dustin to play his father. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would say Dustin was more looking like closer to his father than Cody is. Despite the hair dye. Hey. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I guess these don't. I guess Sammy Zane still. What, still asking for donations? Yep, do- Sammy for Syria.com. So I guess uh, Sammy Sane is still asking for donations for Syria. Hi. <sighs> uh. Yep, he has the Sammy for Syria mobile clinic still going. <coughs> I forgot, that's a charity of his choice that he chose. Oh, wait, he has some updated. Oh, back in on Christmas Eve. He says here in 2022, hashtag Sammy for Syria will be operating not one, but two mobile clinics in Syria. That means two times the operation costs, but two times the amount of people we are able to help and two times the medical service provide. Please retweet and donate here if you can. Oh, well, that's good for Sammy. Oh, and he says... For Montreal. 
Oh no, Ariel Hawani. I guess Toy Con ended up kicking his butt out. <laughs> okay, I guess they're. I guess back to the preview. Oh crap, I forgot. It's uh, Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar, or as I like to call him, Farmer Brock Lesnar. <laughs> it's Farmer Brock. <laughs> because if you guys didn't notice lately, Lesnar has a cowboy hat on and, and he looks like a farmer. <laughs> and not to mention his hair's been, he also had grown a, uh, <laughs> a rat tail. <laughs> so yeah, so uh yeah, Brock Lesnar's gone from being in they're just like a strong boy to a farmer boy. <laughs> of course the clash of the two titans are gonna go at it that between Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. Oh jeez, do I just realize that uh that uh Brock has a a feather on his cowboy hat. Oh yes, he is. yes he does. <laughs> I never see. I'll, I'll admit this. And ever since Brock Lesnar had debuted for WWE a long time ago, I never see him just dress, look like he's ready to go from arm around. But these days, that's what's going on. He's just from a Brock. Of course, he still has the damn muscles for it. <laughs> uh, of course, Lesnar still look like he's an MMA fighter. Er, er. <sighs> he used to have these wrestling tights. He used to have the short wrestling tights, but now he looks like just a um, mixed martial artist. Why, well, good old Bobby Lashley has the long tights. Just makes him look like a wrestler. And Lesnar looks like more of an MMA fighter. Because I don't know who I'm more cheering on for, former Brock Lesnar or Bobby Lashley. I think for the sake of this, I'm more leaning towards uh, former Brock. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> oh, God dang it. Bobby Lashley is such a show-off. <laughs> I gotta hear this. Give me more. Okay, I forgot to mention one other thing. Tonight's WWE Elimination Chamber match is taking place in Sami Zayn's hometown of Montreal, Quebec, Canada. And if you guys didn't know, I should talk about this, but when was last week on, uh, let, actually, I shouldn't say last week, yesterday on Friday Night Smackdown, uh, um, Sammy Sane uh cut a promo in front of of his home crowd. And the funniest part is Sammy said something in uh in Canadian French. <laughs> yes, it is it is considered to be a language. It's a Canadian French. It's actually just French I should say, but it's in Canada. 
he said something in French, which apparently it was better than what he was going to say in English, which was, it's his house, it's his effing house, or something, I should say. Uh, it's kind of crazy, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty fun to find out that what's going on. So, anyway, um, so anyway, back to these three, these four, uh, these three stooges and Wade Barrett. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I called her a stooge, but she is. She's not deciding to see who she's favoring, who's not, because I guess probably being the hostess. But anyway, uh. Okay, so they're trying to see who's going to be choice between Lesnar and Lashley. Uh, Stu says Lashley. <laughs> I understand it. if you guys are wondering why I called Wade Barrett Stu Bennett. Because that's his real name. And I, you know. Okay, and Kevin Patrick goes for Lashley as well. I guess probably because Lashley is probably the fan favorite, I guess. Because... Nobody, you know, I don't know. Wait, did Rosenberg calls calls Kevin a coward? Wow, what are you gonna do? Try to you want to say the same thing to Barrett Rosenberg? That's disgusting. Saying that Kevin's a coward. Yeah, Rosenberg picks Farm or Brock. Bomb Brock Lesnar. Giddy up with Palmer Brock. <laughs> Can't believe he called him a coward. I just saw the closed captioning and Rosenberg calls Kevin an a uh, coward. I'm like, why? Because he chose Brock Lesnar? I mean he chose Bobby Lashley over Brock Lesnar. Okay, now we're gonna hear this. I gotta hear this for a moment. All right, so I had to go find out what uh what Ariel Hawali is that how you say his name, uh Hawani uh did for Denny and I guess because of what happened, Tony Khan is mad at him, and there's let me explain this context. There's a tweet Tony Khan just sent out, and it was from yesterday. And he says here, you're a fraud at Ariel Halwani. You're a legitimate of a reporter as at Tony Schiavone24. Hashtag AEW Rampage. Despite I blocked this weirdo, he says here, thanks for watching, old friend. Can't wait for our next chat. Also, don't listen to the snowman and Shivani. You're a legend in my books. Uh-huh. And then Tony Khan responded to him saying, Good luck with that unbiased journalism. <laughs> so... I don't know what happened, but... Tony is really, Tony Khan is really angry at Ariel. Now, if this helping has to do with what Ariel did for Sammy saying, fine. I mean, but there's no way to bury him. <laughs> um, but 
I, I don't know. Maybe Ariel said something. But then again, I mean, he already, he's not like favoritism in the world of pro wrestling. I think he should stick to just MMA. But then again, I don't know. I don't know what made Tony angry at him. I don't know what, I don't know what Ariel made Tony angry. I mean, after all, Tony Khan is the boss for AEW and, and, uh, he probably did not like it, what Ariel did. I mean, after all, I, uh, I think Ariel is from Canada and he was doing something for Sami Zayn. I mean, you know, if that's what made Stoic God angry, sure, fine. But I don't know why he's dragging poor Tony Giovanni into this mess. <laughs> but unless he has a good reason. But anyway, uh, so, uh, yeah, right now Byron Sexton is talking to uh Austin Theory who has the WWE United States Championship and I think he has a title defense before he's in the Elimination Chamber or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, so anyway, the Elimination Oh, it is for the United States Championship. Austin Theory versus Seth Rollins versus Johnny Gargano oh, versus Bronson Reed and uh, I forget and I forget the other two. Dang it, because they're so fast. Oh, okay, so the Dirty Elimination Chamber is for the United States Championship. Makes a lot of sense. I guess they did not want to mess around with the match heading towards WrestleMania. Makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, so... Oh, yeah, um... Oh yeah, uh, it's uh, is it is it Montez Ford or oh, it's the other one? I don't know. I think it's Ford. Is it A.K. Bianca Belair's husband? Yeah, the regulars. Yeah, they're going over the rules. This is for both men and the women. Uh, yeah. It's kind of crazy. For those who are wondering, it'll start off with two wrestlers while the other four are waiting to get in, and 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 they'll go in, and they'll go one by one in a certain amount of time until whoever it is, and whoever is the last to survive, whoever so the last two are surviving, they will end up fighting out to see who would end up winning the United States championship match. Now, for those who are wondering who am I favoring, I think it could be, uh, I don't know. I don't know if Austin Theory is going to probably try to retain it, but if he does, I mean, he might as well cheat badly. I mean, I could see Seth Rollins could win this, and even though there's a possible rumor that he and Logan Paul are probably going to go at each other, at WrestleMania, maybe if Seth wins, he put the title against Logan Paul. Who knows? I could also see Johnny Gargano winning this, or I don't know. I don't know. I, that would be great if Johnny Gargano wins. It'll be his first heavyweight. It'll be his first title win since since he has been moved up to the main roster. Uh. 
So, anyway, that's that's a good possibility happening. So, I don't know. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm just going to see what they're saying. Give me one I gotta switch over something. Alright, so Denny is kicking off the Elevation Chamber match and they're kicking off the women's women's uh women's match. The the whoever's gonna win is gonna face against Bianca Belair at uh, WrestleMania for the Raw Women Women's Championship. So apparently I guess you could say that uh I think Hannah's yeah, that I don't I don't like her daddy name to be honest. So I'm just gonna refer to Kana from now on. Uh, she's in during the elimination. She'll be in one of the elimination chamber pods. Um, and uh, also it comes. Uh, who's next? Uh, oh, Camilla. She's out now. Oh. She's looking like she, she doesn't look like she's one of the Bella twins. I mean, no offense, but uh, it, it it gives me I don't know why she gives me Bella twins vibes, but she does. It's, but she doesn't because her hair is very long and brown. Oh, and she's tormenting Kana. Oh, Carmela, get your butt in the chamber, girl. Wow. What a, what a loser she is. Kid do that whilst... <laughs> yeah, well, she's now in the chamber right now. She's acting so well. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, here comes Raquel Rodriguez. She's the next one going to be in the uh, inside the chamber pod. Oh, she's getting a little warm welcome. Although, I do like her ring, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the way out she flexes her body, her back actually. I don't know. She's she has. I don't know why she's giving me earlier Beth Phoenix vibes. <laughs> that and uh, maybe even even earlier Natalia Nighthawk, of course. Yeah, she goes after Carm, of course Carm Carmella. <laughs> Uh, she sees kind of because she can't wait to go after her. So could they. <laughs> of course. I mean, yeah, she's just thing, thing, thing before she gets into the liberty. She's into the pod. <laughs> Good for her, really. Uh-oh, here comes Nikki Cross. So she's the last one to enter the pod. And there she goes. She's running. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just glad she's no longer being Nikki Ash. That was the weirdest gimmick she ever done. But I like her now being normal. <laughs> she looks so excited. She ran. <laughs> she's tormenting Carmella. I love it. 
<laughs> oh, look, she's so excited. And look, she's looking at... Ooh, Nikki and Kyle gotta go at each other. And she's like, journal circle, it's like, point. <laughs> uh, she's... And then she goes right to seeing Raquel. <laughs> and she knows she doesn't want to mess around. And now she has to get into the chamber. So... Who's kicking it off? It's okay, Nick. It's okay, Nikki. You'll be fine. <laughs> uh, I can't believe I just said that. So I guess I guess Natalia and Liv are kicking it off. I'll let you know how the results goes. So yeah, <laughs> like I said, and like I said before, Natalia Nightheart. She still give me the Bret Hart vibes. Because she's being like her Uncle Brett. <laughs> Crazy. Alright, so now we have our number one and women's contender. Bianca Belair will be facing against the one and only Miss Kana herself. Elf, Elf at, at uh, WrestleMania for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, uh, the, uh, the Japanese sensation had to defeated um Carmella uh to finally get it via uh submission hold. Anyway, the match was really crazy to say the least. I mean Raquel Rodriguez really sent um uh Nikki Cross through. Uh she was um apparently there was some teamwork going on. Uh, first with uh, Natalia and Kana taking out Liv Morgan and then Kana and uh Carmela ended up taking out Raquel Rodriguez as as but it was the queen herself of, of the Japanese sensation and since her days in Japan and now is fixing against against the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair. Uh, oh, it says live Saturday, April first, and Sunday, April second, on at eight seven eight. Uh, yeah, eight o'clock, five p.m. Pacific. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, I can't believe how this goes crazy, but holy crud, I'm just gonna say this. What they did that is really weird. I, I don't know. I feel so weird about this. But anyway, um, so yeah. I think the I think the one who definitely does, despite that I don't know, there was a lot of craziness going on, but <coughs> I will say that Everything went down is really nuts, to say the least. And, uh... You know... Anyway... <laughs> so, uh... Yeah... 
Although I will say something about this. Never I think I think I think from now on, Duddy needs to send somebody else to replace Corey Grace because he cannot simp for his wife. Hey, I mean seriously, that man was simping so badly he wanted his wife to win, but I mean, I I'm sorry, but Corey, you need to chill. Oh, you can't be gone simping for your wife. Seriously. But he did. I was like, oh, god dang it, Corey, shut up. Stop simping for your wife. I mean, we everybody knows you married her. I know probably some of you guys didn't know that, but most of you probably did. But the man was simping so badly. I'm like, will you please shut up? <laughs> so anyway, good for Kana and Ed if it happened to Carmela, because I will never hear the end of that from uh, Corey Graves. <laughs> okay, so right now, um, I, despite there's some hiccups going on uh, with the uh, streaming, and look for me, I didn't pay a dime for this, but... The Elimination Chamber's uh, next match right now is is uh, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. Or as I like to call Brock Lesnar, Former Brock! <laughs> Yeehaw! It's Former Brock! <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this between Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley, but I'm choosing Brock Lesnar because he's stronger. But then again, I could be wrong, and if Bobby Lashley defeats him, I'll pull off to that. I mean, seriously, but, I mean, you're looking at two giants here. here, here. Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley, they, they're both without any managers, because MVP rather focus on almost, and uh, Brock decides to ditch, and Brock got ditched out by Paul Heyman, or he ditched Paul Heyman. For uh, Roman Reigns. <laughs> but now I can see two guys going to go at it. <laughs> I mean, after all. I mean. <laughs> uh, Lesnar has a rat tail. <laughs> and Lashley. God dang you. Uh, I'll let you know how that goes. Before I get a freaking headache from Corey Graves and his annoying mouth, um, I just want to point out something right now. Um, oh boy. Wow, Lesnar's gone nuts. <laughs> oh crap, maybe I should do some commentary. Oh my god, Lesnar's just pushing Bobby Lashley to a corner with his headbutt. I think he's trying to go for a spear, but not really full spear yet. Uh, but anyway, I was going to point out that Cody, um, who is currently, until something changes, the uh, IWGP Women's Champion, or is it the New Japan? Yeah. I no, it's IWGP Women's Champion. Anyway, Cardi tweeted out this tweet says Monet. He forgot the E, but it's actually photos of their time in WWE, um, with uh, Kana and uh, Bailey. There's the one where the four of them were posing together, 
there where where Mercedes and Bailey were the uh, women's tag team champions, and Connor had the WWE Raw, Raw championship, and and they looked so cozy together. And then here the three of them, Bailey, Mercedes, and Cardi together, and then the two of them just just together. And I think this is probably before the Duddy Hall of Fame. I'm thinking. And cause she's already in her, cause Cardi's in her dress, and Mercedes hasn't got dress yet, but it looks like that. And then somebody replied to uh, to Cardi with actually a photo of the two of them together. There, where Cardi's wearing it says "Legit Boss," us, and the two of them were together. So. I guess this is going to be a very, very hard and very sad kind of a match between the two of them. I'm pretty sure the girls are going to put on a freaking class hat. And I'll let you guys know how that goes. Anyway, I think I better go back to annoying headaches. But the <laughs> uh, swole, big swole says here, <laughs> if I still follow, the, the she says... Damn, Bobby, grab him, and she cars. I'll just say crap. Grab him, crap. <laughs> She's not happy about it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> wow. Okay. Sean Ross said must be commenting about this. He says, oh, come on, man. Looks like uh, Lesnar's ready to take him out. Let me get back to the annoying commentary of Cody Graves and the great commentary of Michael Cole. <laughs> okay, so Bobby Lashley won via disqualification because the referee saw Brock Lesnar gives give Bobby Lashley a low blow while Lashley was trying to break the trying to apply a a, a full Nelson submission hold dubbed the Hurt Lock, and apparently because of that Lesnar got caught red-handed, and because of that he got disqualified. And, and because of that, Lesnar was so mad, he not only took out Bobby Lashley, but I think that's one of the, I think that one of the referees is, is that, I don't know, wait, is that, I don't know who's one, I don't know who's the referee for that, but he got knocked out by Lesnar too. Oh boy, of course he's in serious trouble. Of course the fans are eating it up. Oh, here comes the other referees. Running. Oh my god, this is so crazy. Now they're checking on, uh. Look at that guy showing off. Uh, crap, they're checking on the the referee and Lashley. That's it. Now they're showing off the replay. Yeah, what happened was. What happened was. Uh, Brock, kick, Brock went for the low blow by kicking him. Um. Um, 
And because of that referee calls for the belt and he got and Lesnar got disqualified. Because that he was not happy at all. Took out the referee. Then he took out Les and then took out Lashley. Both F fives. <laughs> and now he and then of course he F five Lashley again through the uh announcer's table, which poor like poor uh Michael Cole and of course the Hypervent and Gordy Grace is probably freaking out. Out. Of course, I'm pretty sure they're going to say something like, listeners suspend her for what he had done. I'm like, really? That's a great way to write him off. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was weird. I can't believe the match ended to a low blow and a DQ. Jeez. The fans eat that up good. <laughs> Uh, huh, looks like a preview. What the? Oh no. They're doing it again! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Not again. Oh jeez. Okay, I guess I can explain. So, what happened was... I think they're doing it again. If you guys didn't know, a long time ago, Daddy, when they were wrestling, going for Hollywood, they had a lot of wrestlers to, to do uh, scenes from good movies. Well, they're dead it again, as I can first see, is they're having Seth Rollins to recreate the best movie ever, er, The Joker. Er, I, yes. <laughs> I have Seth doing him. I'm like, really? <laughs> and then, of course, uh-oh. Oh, it's his wife. Oh, no. He's in trouble with Becky. Run, Sethy. Run. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god, Rollins is so much in trouble with his wife. <laughs> oh my god, who's... Wait, who's Rebecca supposed to be? <laughs> oh, jeez. WrestleMania goes to Hollywood. <laughs> oh my god. Ah, crap, here we go again. <laughs> oh, I can't believe that was funny. <laughs> so, we're about to have our next match. It is. Rhea Ripley and Finn Valor versus uh, Beth Phoenix and uh, and Edge, but I don't know what's going on. I don't think that's Valor. No, it's him. Okay, wasn't sure. I thought it would be Damian Priest in disguise, but it isn't him. Good. Ugh. So apparently Valor and Rhea are accompanied out with Dom. Nick Mysterio, cause I guess Davian is sitting out, or 
or unless he's in the next match, none of the elimination chamber match. Okay, so yeah, I think Red told something to Dominic. Uh, I don't know. I still feel weird seeing Dominic look like, like. I mean, people are like comparing him to that of Eddie Guerrero. And I don't know. I mean, he's got the Eddie Guerrero thing going with his hair. But I can definitely know he's still Rey Mysterio's son. And, I mean, seriously, even though he's acting more looking like his mother to me. And we all see now Rey's wife is. Uh, um, but anyway. Yeah, so it's Finn Balor and... Rhea Ripley with Dominic Mysterio against uh, Edge and Beth Phoenix. Which is going to be an interesting tag team match. So anyway, I'll let you guys know how it goes. Anyway, and uh, yeah, I went to go rewatch the um, the uh, <laughs> commercial. Now I understand what's going on with uh, Rebecca. What's going on with Becky Lynch? She got into a weird deep voice. And she's supposed she's acting like she's Batman. <laughs> hilariously. And it's hilariously funny. It's a very funny thing. <laughs> at least at least Seth acknowledged his wife as being the man. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Anyway, I'm going to go watch uh, the Glamazon and the Rated R Superstar Annihilate Valor and Rhea. So, Edge and Beth Phoenix ends up winning the tag team match, which I assume they would be true. Anyway, um, there were a lot of things happening, like Dominic Mysterio uh, caused a scene, and, um, but I would say both Rhea and Beth really took on their tag team, took on out, taking out their uh, tag team partners. In other words, Rhea got Edge and Beth got uh, Finn and completely powerbombed both of them. Like, they were acting like a tag team, which was kind of a shocker, to say the least. But in the end, um, despite they even, especially when Rhea tried to take hit Beth in the in the head again, but instead she saw that coming, and apparently not only Rhea was tucked out, but apparently, a Beth went back into the ring, and she, and um, she and Edge both worked together and taken out Finn Balor and what uh, Corey Grace call it a shiny mach- shining machine. I'm like, really? Um, to take out and end the match again with after Edge, I guess, delivered a spear to uh, uh, Finn Balor and picked up the pinfall. So here. Here, here I raise my chocolate milk with ice. You see you, Beth and Edge. <laughs> nice ice cold chocolate milk. As long as it sits, 2% milk. Mmm. 
Yeah, 2% chocolate milk is so good. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, and by the way, I, I do like Beth Phoenix's hairstyle and the color she has. If you guys didn't know, she has her hair almost look like, uh, like I don't know, um, almost like a, almost to look like a, a mohawk, but like a full mohawk almost. But then, of course, she has her hair also braided, dead. Parts of it dyed and and braided. I was like, really? <laughs> Excuse me. Pretty sure she may have extensions in. Or she may be grown out. <laughs> Either way, good for Beth. F. Really. <laughs> uh. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I see what's going on as much, but uh, yeah, I mean Beth Phoenix. I think Beth Phoenix and Rhea Ripley had dominated the match, but I think mostly I would give my applause to Edge and Beth for doing everything they could, and hopefully for them both. Both do well, and then hopefully that would be end of the end of this battle. Between the two, the two uh, unknown, the, not to say unknown, the two known teams' aims. Okay, yeah, tonight. After the matches, they're doing a press conference. Pretty cool, to say the least. So, yeah, they're skipping. Something's definitely wrong with the stream. <laughs> yeah, so apparently everybody's going to be... I guess everybody who's involved with Gorilla be good, talked about... <laughs> I don't know if there are going to be any more uh, commercials for Daddy. <laughs> Jeez, what's going on with Daddy? Are they getting sponsored up by uh, C4 Energy? Because look at uh, Roman. <laughs> He's drinking a C4 Energy drink. <sighs> Good grief, man. <laughs> and Paul Amy is talking to him. Let me go find out what's going on. Okay, so we have another match going on. I think it's been revealed that Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn for the WWE Championship is taking it be the main event. So I guess this is right now. It's the uh, Elimination Chamber for the United States Championship. The same rules apply for the women, and two superstars will be starting off, and off, and then the pods will go. We'll go at random to race another superstar to match. This process will continue until all is emptied. And, of course, it goes by submission or pinfall for the elimination until there's two left. And whoever is going to win is going to become the next champion. Uh, looks like, oh, my. 
The United States champion Austin Theory is going to be in the pod? Wow. Of course, because he comes out first. <laughs> Don't forget to surrender your belt, boy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so I guess Austin Theory's gonna be in one of the pods. Of course, he comes out and does his usual pose in the ring. Get in the pod, Austin Theory. Man, I still, I still didn't understand why even uh, what's his name. Gabe Spolowski put his faith in him. Sheesh. <laughs> okay, so Theory hands over the Daddy United States Championship to the referees entering the pod. Uh, anyway, he's the first one to enter <laughs> into the pod. So who's next going to be enjoying him? Mm. Representing the street profits. <laughs> yep, Montez Ford. I see him, it says the king. <laughs> he has the crown going on. Oh my god, 3D cups? No! Oh my god, the real solo cups just came down on the floor. What the heck is going on? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Daddy, I thought they were fake. No, they're real. It's that 3D foolery entrance. Oh my gosh, so they're real solo cups. They just rain on him. <laughs> oh, look. Austin Theory is laughing at him. Oh my. Yeah, like, dude, that's not even crazy. Although I love, although I love Montez Ford's uh, ring gear. Definitely, definitely gives him a great vibe. And, and, and uh, Montreal loves Montez Ford. <laughs> Even though it's awkward enough that the United States Championship is being celebrated. Oh, and look, his soul cup is, is uh, studded. <laughs> Good God, man. Get in the chamber. <laughs> Damn, boy. I'm pretty sure his wife probably freaked out who she's wrestling against. Okay, who's next? Oh, Bronson. It's Bronson Reed. Is his name? Yep. So he's entering the chamber. Uh, excuse me. Yep, Bronson Reed. <laughs> Let's go, Bronson.
not really. Look at Austin Theory. He's not. Imp he's not impressed. <laughs> but I don't know. I, uh, so far, I can say right now that I still say Montez Ford has like the best ring gear so far. Uh, <laughs> it's like give me relative vibes going on. <laughs> And he's ready to get in and <laughs> out. Uh, the wait. So one more. We have one more who's going. Who's coming out? And it's uh, what is it? It's uh, who is it? I just don't know who it is. Um. Oh, it's Damian Priest. Another one. <laughs> Okay, I'll admit it. Both Damian Priest and Montez Ford, both wearing, great, has great ring gear. They have their own crowns. I will admit that. Of course, Montez couldn't believe what Damian's wearing. <laughs> and he thinks he's the only one who has a crown, but look at Damian. Him too has a crown. At least he hangs his ring gear tilt to the referee. Good grief. So, yeah, both Montez Ford and uh, Damian Priest, I'll say it, you both died. I mean, seriously. Okay, so I guess Johnny Gargano and uh, whatever his name is is kicking off the match. <laughs> yeah, look at Damian Priest and Montez Ford. They're ready to go at each other. <laughs> Yeah, he's looking at Bronson. Boy, get into the... He got to do his thing in the ring before he get into the pod. <laughs> uh, so, Johnny Gargano's kicking it off. I guess I forget who. Hang on. Um... <laughs> My God, Damien's easily can fit into that damn pod. Okay, so it's Johnny Gargano is kicking things off. Boy, he's got a long fight in a, ahead of him. There he is, the one and only, the Johnny Gargano. Wait, is he weighing 199 pounds? Did I just read the close captioning how much Gargano weighs? Uh oh. I thought it was more. I thought it would be. I thought at least 200, but 199 pounds of um of Johnny Gargano. Good grief. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> look at Gargano going around. <laughs> oh my god. Me thinking about all this time in AIW for Gargano. That's absolute intense wrestling for you guys are wondering. 
and she him wrestling against and likeness, especially the woman he ended up marrying and having his kid. Oh yeah, I forgot Seth Rollins. So Johnny Gargano and Seth Rollins are kicking this off. I'm so sorry, Seth. Uh, my bad. <laughs> so uh, here we go. Shall we? Let's let me. I'll find out how they go. Okay, so Austin Theory retained thanks a lot to Logan Ball who interfered in the match, which I'm surprised. And you guys are wondering how this happened. Well, apparently in the midst of the battle in the Elimination Chamber that was led to three uh, wrestlers. There's Montez Ford, who has been the star, uh, the show stealer for being the star. Um, uh, Seth Rollins and Austin Theory. What happened was... um, Ford and Theor no, Ford and Rollins were definitely dominating. They they were like cleaning house, but it came down to the three of them. But for some reason, as Seth ended up taking down Ford, Austin Theory somewhat capitalized and took out Montez Ford, but badly hurting him in the process. And because of that, I couldn't believe what happened to him. No now things got a little bit Way worse than that. And I know most of you guys are saying, so what happened? Well, I don't know how Montez Ford is doing right now, but it's a possibility that Montez might suffered a neck injury. So, this sucks. I shouldn't swear, but yes, this kind of sucks. This stinks. This is awful. This is terrible. But, uh... Yeah, so it left us with Seth Rollins and Austin Theory. Now, they had to open the gate to get um, Montez Ford out of there. But for some reason, out of nowhere, here comes Logan Paul. He gets into it, costing Seth Rollins the match and getting Austin Theory the win. In other words, he blows the opportunity to have another title opportunity and take it out against Seth Rollins. Instead, he didn't. So I guess this is going to be setting up for WrestleMania. Yeah, because some fans are believing that's the case. And now, there we go. But the last thing is I had saw Logan Paul was in Australia with KSI promoting Prime Energy. Well, Prime Drink, Inc. And at least Prime Energy. But now... He's back in the United States. I don't know what's going on. So, I guess he is back in the United States. Then, uh, yep. <laughs> you know, some media goes out another commercial. Oh boy. Hmm. <laughs> Anyway, guys, I'll let you know if uh, if how uh, Montez Ford is doing because he was he, apparently he he what happened was he kind of got up a little bit and he felt a little bit he tried to get up he started felt a little bit dizzy and now they're they're trying to get him to be checked out and I feel sorry that what happened to Montez Ford. And I hope he's cleared for it. 
I don't know if he'll be showing up at WrestleMania. Probably will with his wife. If he's okay with it. So. Yeah, that was scary. Although, I will say Montez was nuts. And the reason why is he climbed the uh, chamber and he dropped down, taking everybody out. And then he did, like, I think he did two frog splash scenes. And I was like, I couldn't believe that. And I will say, Montez is definitely a star. But what happened with the way how things went... And what Austin Theory did, that was very disgusting. And not as disgust. Actually, it is very disgusting. But I would say it's it's actually you no. Know, Logan Paul showing up and taking out Seth Rollins not much more disgusting than what Austin Theory did to Montez Ford. I'm sorry, y'all, but if you guys think that was disgusting, it isn't. But um, what Austin Theory did to him was definitely disgusting. And I hope, and I hope Montez Ford is fine. Um, that was scary, man. That was scary indeed. And I'm hoping his wife's with him, because otherwise it's really bad. Um, that's why I'm just kind of concerned. Anyway, looks like the main event's about to go down between uh. Sami Zayn against uh, Roman Reigns. Um, it's talking about how things ended up to be. So, hopefully. <sighs> anyway, um, they're just talking over so, about how this ended up to be. But anyway, um, but yeah, so anyway... Um, Anyway, after that's over, I'll let you guys know if we have any updates on uh, Montez Ford. Okay, okay. Alright, so... <coughs> Not the ending I was expecting, but holy crud. I was hoping Sami Zayn would be taken on against Cody Rhodes, because I do want to see that happen between the two men. But instead, Roman Reigns retained the uh, undisputed title... But god dang, a Roman cursing out on Sammy's wife, which by the way, she looks very beautiful. And a crazy spot, I didn't see this, but Sammy Singh jumped out of the ring and he kissed his wife. And it's so the cutest thing ever. I was like, Jesus, Sammy. <laughs> he just came out of the way and gave his wife a kiss. It's the cutest thing I ever seen. And shout out to Wrestling Pursuits for that, catching that. Um, uh, there was a lot of things happen. Uh, Jimmy and Jey Uso, some reason, ended up interfering. I don't know who. I think what happened was uh, Jimmy interfered for on Roman's behalf. And Jay interfered on... I believe Sammy's behalf, but the two of them were told they're not allowed to be there, but instead they did show up and ended up costing the match. Anyway, after the match had ended, dead despite of two referees being knocked out, including the referee that was assigned to it, Dan Engler, got knocked out. Um... 
No, yeah, no, I saw that. Oh, I love that. Uh, it's like Sammy came out of the ring, kissed his wife, and she says, yes! <laughs> it's the cutest thing ever. Um, let's see. But, anyway. I don't know how much... I don't know how they feel about this, but... If there's anybody who... I, I don't know... Oh, what's going to happen, but... Oh, yeah, and after the match had ended, uh, Kevin Owens show up because uh, Sammy was in danger, but then Kevin showed up and saved Sammy by Stone Cold stunning uh, nearly almost everybody, but let uh, but let uh, Sammy take out Roman again. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> There's more. Oh my god, Bianca and Montez doing Titanic. <laughs> I saw a no way. <laughs> what the heck? Oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> oh my god, Bianca uh, Belair and her husband Montez Ford doing Titanic. Uh, I can't wait to see that. <laughs> of course, there's some others going on. <laughs> like Maurice Outlet Mizan and her husband Mike Mizan, aka The Miz, uh, decides to do uh, <laughs> Top Gun, <laughs> or should be more specifically Top Gun Maverick, and uh. I think I saw Drew and Sheamus, but I don't know who they were with, doing something from the 40-year-old version. Oh, good grief. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's pretty funny what's going on, but I, I don't know. But it's kind of crazy. But either way, I think it was just a good show. Um, solid to stay the least. Was not happy how the ending went for the main event, but I will say that Jamie jumping out of the ring and then kissing his wife, and his wife reacts like she's like, Yes, go, Sammy. Like, Yes, my dear husband, go. <laughs> it's pretty funny how that happened. I mean, it's like the cutest thing, yet it's so funny as well. <laughs> um,. Anyway, I don't know. I never. I, I don't know if uh, if um. I don't know if how uh. How uh. Montez Ford is doing. I'm probably waiting, for the press conference to kick off, which is I think probably another. I mean that was kind of scary. What happened to Montez Ford? Really. I'm hoping he's okay. Because that was the most scary thing happen. Okay, the press conference probably kicked off already. I'm just jumping in. Yep. Hopefully I'll get some updates soon. Hopefully. Yep. Yep. <laughs>
Okay, now I just want to talk to you guys about um, another uh, match going on right now. Another show going on right now. It is New Japan Pro Wrestling's Battle of the Valley. At Valley at Battle of the at the Valley, sorry, and Kevin hard time saying it. And right now, it started. It had a technical difficulty because what happened was when people were watching it, the stream was not much showing up. And bad enough as it is, I just couldn't believe how it went. But anyway, um. Anyway, um, it's really crazy right now, but I am looking over with the Twitter account. It says here, uh, and uh, there are some stuff. Um, it says here, ahead of Battle in the Valley, watch back Eddie Bexley's look at at Mercedes Renando's New Japan Pro Wrestling debut at Wrestle Kingdom and subscribe to her YouTube channel. Oh, Oh wow, she has a YouTube channel. Oh, of course, of course, this when Twitter went completely ham. Kenny Omega was trending because what happened was Kenny showed up, up, and the two of them talked to each other. It's like she was definitely was looking forward to seeing her. Hmm. Anyway, so. I don't know if they have the match yet or not, but I would say that the girls definitely look really lovely for the press conference. Um, of course, Twitter was completely crazy because they saw uh, CM Punk. Um, apparently, he got mobbed out. I feel bad for him. Um, Giselle Shaw, who is the um who is uh uh impact wrestling's uh favorite uh star i mean knockout favorite knockout i should say my bad uh she was there it's actually they caught her in the photo somebody caught her in the photo uh apparently right now i think we have Apparently, I think there were some matches that kicked off. Um, let me find out where we are at. Wait, a loser leaves New Japan next. Eddie Kingston versus Jay White. Wait, what? Jay versus Eddie. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Um. Apparently, we had a new. We have a new. Uh. New Japan Strong Champion in Kenta. Uh, um. Oh, no way. Wait, what? The Motor City Machine Guns won their, won their match? Oh. Okay, I'm looking through Twitter right now. Um, 
what the heck is, what? Wait, what the heck was that tweet? <laughs> no way. What just happened? Brian Cage put out Casey Russell's third table. And Brian Cage responded, quote tweeting says, you're grounded. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> I guess there's other matches going on, but sheesh. Oh, I see. Juice Robinson calls Fred Rosser the strong overweight championship. No wonder why Kendall won. This is Juice Robinson, aka Tony Storm's uh, husband. <laughs> okay, the strong tag titles were on the line. Oh, the Motor City Machine Guns are the strong tag team champions. No wonder why they retain. <laughs> um Oh, this has been announced. Impact Wrestling according to a retweet from New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh Impact Wrestling just tweeted out Impact Wrestling World Champion at the walking weapon, aka Josh Alexander, step in the ring at Multiverse United against hashtag Kushida. I think Kushida still has Twitter. Holy crap. Wow, Thursday, March 30th, 8 p.m. Pacific, which is, uh, oh, it's 12 a.m. Eastern. Chicks. No, wait, what the heck? The loser leaves New Japan Bullet Club has been banned from this ringside, from this ring, this match. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Jay White versus Eddie King. So Bullet Club has been banned. <laughs> yes, Karen, Bullet Club has been banned from ringside. This match. <laughs> I guess the old tradition of kicking the old leader out, bringing in the new leader in. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, can't believe what's going on. Um, I guess Mercedes, Monet, and Kai hasn't happened yet because I'm hearing it's the main event. So... Hopefully for Kari and Mercedes, they'll do good. <laughs> okay, so I went to go find out what the heck Tony Khan got angry about. And why he called Ariel Ahawani a fraud. And it turns out uh, it's because... It's because... To 
It's because Ariel Hawani made an appearance on SmackDown interviewing Sami Zayn. Apparently, Sami Zayn is from Canada, and so is um, Ariel. Oh, and... And uh, he wanted to... It makes a lot of sense that he wanted to interview uh it makes sense that he wants to interview uh um Sammy and I guess because Daddy couldn't reach out to anybody who could be like Sammy, but I guess the best choice is getting Ariel Awani. And I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, Tony Khan made the most weirdest thing ever. Weirdest tweet ever. And he's very angry at uh, Ariel. Then again, I don't know how I feel about this. But anyway. I know most of you guys are going to ask me, so why would Tony Khan would say that? Uh, why call him a fraud? I don't know. But what happened was it started about two days ago oh, on after his appearance on SmackDown. Um, and that's when Tony tweeted at him. Calling him a fraud, and he states he was a legitimate of a reporter as AEW broadcaster Tony Schiavone. Uh, it says here Khan's tweet likely stems from Hawani stating that the interview Khan in October er, was one of the most frustrating interviews his career, of his career. Hawani was trying to ask questions regarding CM Punk and the brawlout situation, but Khan declined to comment and elaborate about when he asked about those topics. Anyways, he's responded, said, Thanks for watching, old friend. Can't wait for our next chat, Kalani Wilk. And he also added, Also, don't listen to the snowman, Shivani. You're a legend in my book. So, I guess that's what they're saying. And I'm reading this off of Yahoo Entertainment, who sourced this from WrestleZone. Now, my thoughts about this is... It sounds like to me that Toy and Con is very much, um, he's very much angry about what happened. And, I mean, but Ariel was not happy about, I guess, trying to get information. But I think there's a reason why uh, Tony did not want to say anything about about punk or the altercation is because um i because he probably was told not to do so by his chief legal counsel megara paka uh and i and and uh even though people think it oh he needs a pr i mean I mean, he's taken advice from Megara, but 
I mean, whoever is talking in in about this could be something in a PR way. I mean, after all, I mean, Tony Khan could do have a way to talk. But then again, who knows? But my thoughts about this is it's crazy enough that this is happening. And for Tony Khan to be angry about what happened is the most weirdest thing ever. Um, I will say that no matter what you everybody thinks, um, it's crazy, okay? I will admit that. It is crazy. Anyway, um, so... And, and for those who are wondering what is they're referring to, if you guys didn't recall uh, last season... Uh, CM Punk really flipped out after the um, last season's podcast topic when I was talking about this is when uh, Tony, what happened was at the all-out uh, press conference for some reason uh, CM Punk flipped out and because somebody asked about what was it? It was about um, it was about Colt Cabana, which apparently like, Punk decides to name drop drop his boy he's his well, his former friend, uh Colt Cabana by his real name and Everybody like couldn't believe what he said, and he f- really lost his mind. And and apparently, what happened was backstage uh, there was reports that Punk, Hunk, and Ace Steel both got into a huge fight against the Elite Eight, and then there were reports saying that. Punk's dog, uh, Larry, got involved to the mess. Yes, but somebody said, oh, Kenny Omega protected him. Um, which sounds like to me they're making Punk sound like a bad dog owner. But anyway, and because of that, everybody ended up suspended. Well, except for Ace Steel ends up losing his job up. But I don't know how, I don't know if, as that's so far as I heard of. Um, probably, it's still probably being, still being investigated under whatever, uh, what Megara had, Megara Pockers had decided to do. I mean, it, she, they're, they're debating if she, if he should be, uh, I mean, he should, if they, they should keep him or have him fired. And that's the same thing going on with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. So, as of right now, there's been rumors circulating that there's a possibility that Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks are, might be going to WWE. I am not 100% sure. Because we don't know if that's the case or not. And people are like 
training uh, Meltzer because they think he's involved, which he isn't, I'm pretty sure. And, you know, and there's a lot of talk about what is going on and who, about who should be punished, who deserves, like, blah, blah, blah. I mean, if there, even though after the whole entire, uh, fiasco and everybody got suspended except for he still got fired um there were fans who are asking uh for punk to be fired but anyway i don't know if that i don't know if i don't know what's the status on everybody to tell you the truth so, except for, like I say, is he still got lost his job. That's it. So, as of right now, take everything with a grain of salt and uh, understand how it is. Because I... Don't know how to explain it all. So, there you go. Okay, I'm going to share you guys something interesting. I was scrolling on TikTok and I can't found some interesting things that had to do with wrestling. So, first of all, let's talk about Matt Hardy's wife, Reby Scott. Anyway, it's been revealed that Reby is does uh, design pinball machines. And and I'm like, really, girl? Holy smokes. Yeah, she does. Um, that's why she had ended up winning awards. Um, she mostly have done uh, pinball machines that is in feature in uh, her home that where she share with, happily sharing with her husband, Matt, at, and their four children. And mostly it's related to Matt, at least. <laughs> And she said she's working on three new ones, which is pretty awesome. Now, here's something awesome. So, I was wondering, how the heck did Montez Ford had this really awesome ring gear? And I'm wondering, who made that for him? Well, guess what? I just found out. Well, thanks to his lovely wife, a WWE Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, she actually made it for him. And I was like, oh, wow, I had no idea she did that. Yeah, so it turns out Bianca made her husband's ring gear. I was like, girl, that's awesome. Um... <laughs> So, if you guys are wondering where the heck Montez Ford had his ring gear done and for the Elimination Chamber, it's the Raw Women's Champion. Because <laughs> she loves her husband so much, and she loves and she loves sewing and clothes, especially ring gears. And it's good for her. Cause I I just can't believe she did that for him, and it was and it was so awesome. So, 
I couldn't believe how that went down. And, you know, I'm amazed she did that. So, yes, I'm so amazed about Ruby's guy and her awesome pinball machine work. And I'm also amazed about uh, Bianca did so together a, a ring gear for her husband and for the Elimination Chamber. Um, and, you know, I'm amazed by that. <laughs> um, before I can, uh, give you guys any more information on what's going on, apparently, um, right now, if you guys checked out the YouTube channel known as My World with Jeff Jarrett, uh, apparently they are live streaming, um, I don't know if it, I don't know who's running, uh, Jeff, Je the, uh, YouTube channel, but, um, for Jeff Jarrett, it, for, it's supposed to be for his podcast. Well, apparently somebody is definitely running a, uh, stream for the celebration. It says here, Jerry Jarrett, a celebration of life live stream. Um, as of right now, it is, there's at least a lot of people who are watching this and there are those who are attending the, um, um, the, those who are watching it and then those who are attending it live. Um, and yes, by the way, hey, for those who are wondering, yes, this is the official, uh, YouTube channel, no, and it says here in the description and of the YouTube channel, this show will take listeners on a journey not only through... Jeff Jarrett's Hall of Fame career as an in-ring performer, but also his time as a promoter and company owner. Alongside Conrad Thompson, <coughs> a wrestling self-proclaimed King of the Mountain will look back at the Jarrett family history in sports entertainment business that dates to 1946. His personal accomplishments and his forays into the company ownership with the creation of National Wrestling Alliance, total non-stop action, now known as Impact Wrestling today, and Global Force Wrestling. You didn't, even though didn't say that, but I threw in the today in there. Um, yes, in other words, this is the official show, uh, YouTube channel. Right now, it has... 26,400 uh, uh, subscribers on YouTube, but uh, there's like 105 people are watching the stream. So, anyway, um, so, it's sad what's going on with, uh, with, uh, Jeff Jarrett, and surprisingly, they're holding, a, a, I'm surprised, I guess Jeff agreed to it. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, for those who are wondering, and I had mentioned in the last episode that, uh, Jeff Jarrett's father had passed away, um, no word of how he passed away, but I think I'm not going to, even if they do reveal this or not, I will do this out of respect for Jeff Jarrett and his whole entire family. Like, to him and to his girls. 
uh, to his brothers and sisters, and uh, but also to his mother as well. Um, a lot of you guys are going to ask me a lot of questions about why the About page says the date's back to 1946. Well, for those who are wondering, Jeff Jarrett's, uh, Jeff Jarrett's father and his grandmother that I had heard about, um, that she was the first, and I think this is on his, in, and I can simply say this is on his side of the family, uh, that uh, Jeff Jarrett's, um, Jeff Jarrett's uh, grandmother was in charge, charge running a wrestling promotion, as I heard of. And then his father there decided to follow in the footsteps, and even though he also wrestled as well, but. And then Jeff followed the same thing. So if we were looking at this, I would say that Jeff Jarrett is considered to be a third generation. Um, wrestling promoter, but probably as wrestling abilities, I would say he's a second generation, because I don't know if his grandmother ever wrestled. I mean, I know that there were there was some female wrestlers, but um, as far as I can say, uh, I don't know. That's just a question that I have no idea of. I mean, maybe one day Jeff will probably talk about his grandmother. Um, but it's just sad enough right now that he lost his father. And and I'm surprised they're streaming it on YouTube. <laughs> um, with I just didn't know that they were planning to do so. Um, the reason why, actually, I was doing some looking up because of of, um, how do I say this? Um, the reason why was I was looking up because I was looking for a, uh, video clip of Jay Lethal doing his, um, his impression, does his, uh, can do a very great impersonation of, um, do a great impersonation of uh, Macho Man Randy Savage when he was doing the Black Machismo gimmick. And the reason why I'm saying that is there's a well-known uh, YouTube gamer known as Dr. Disrespect. Um, anyway, in his uh, YouTube video he had released, um, he does this crazy... He tries his best to do... Um, and do, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, and I should have said late Macho Man Randy Savage, due to the commercial, show, um, of the Slim Jim commercial, but I'm just saying because as, and I'm like, oh crap, I'm like, I was starting to laugh about it, but I was like, I know there's only one wrestler who could do that, and it's Jay Lethal, oh, <laughs> and he did that uh, black machismo gimmick, which 
made him sound like Macho Man Randy Savage. Actually, he's actually he can only I know he can only do two voice impersonations. One of them was the um, one was Macho Man Randy Savage. Heck, even the heck, even uh La the late Lanny Pofo, oh, oh, um, really proved uh of of um Jay because of what he has done. In fact, he before he actually I just didn't know. I, I sort of knew about this, but uh, Lanny did actually accompany uh, Jay in the uh, wrestling uh, in a wrestling match um, for it, and it was kind of crazy to see it. Um, but Jay Lethal can also do uh, do a great Ric Flair impersonation. I mean, if anybody sees that meme off that meme go circulating, it's like, what the heck is this? This is actually what, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what he does, um, that if you ever see that woo wolf between Jay Lethal and Ric Flair. Uh yeah, that's that's where it is, and this one it was despite the storylines where Flair was just mad at him, telling you the truth was he's not mad at him, but he was impressed by, uh, Lethal's uh, uh, impersonation of him. Um, but yeah, it was it was crazy that I about that. So there you guys go. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so I had to find out what's Tony Khan's announcement, uh, through Twitter, on AEW, on Twitter, <coughs> and Tony Khan was being interviewed by Renee Peckwit, and uh, Tony then decides to say that you know yeah here's my announcement. I'll let it, I'll let one of our big stars to talk about it. This one is Adam Cole, and Adam Cole says that next week. No, he says next month. I heard him said, but I think he was talking about like next week. But I think he meant. I think. Um, hang on. <laughs> let me look at this right now on the calendar. Yeah, I think he meant next. Mm. Week, which is the uh, which is March first, but I think he meant to say, ne he said next month, but I think he meant next week. It is the start of uh, yeah, it is next week, which is the start of the new uh, new month. Um, he says that there's going to be a show premiering after AEW Dynamite called AEW All Access, which is going to be a reality show behind the scenes. And a lot of, and apparently, Adam Cole says, apparently he's going to be coming back to AEW Dynamite eight that week, and I think that month, but didn't specify if it's, I don't know when it's going to happen. So, but it's good, but I think it's probably next week. I don't know, but anyway, so because of that, um, there are a few things that I do want to address. So, first of all, let's address somebody starts, somebody calls the trending roads to the top. A lot of people are going to say, What about roads to the top? 
Well, understand that show is not going to happen unless Daddy gets rights to it right away. Um, the reason why is um, Cody and Brandy are in WWE. I mean, or I should say specifically Cody Rhodes, but uh, but um, hearing Paul Heyman talk about uh, <laughs> Paul Heyman talk about Brandy, I was like. Oh, heck no. It's going to be his funeral. <laughs> I'm like, geez. I'm like, did Paul Heyman be got so, what, H-O-R and why go, bunk go to jail? <laughs> so, good grief, man. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let me look up for Paul Heyman because I heard he said something. <laughs> the grief. Wait, let me look at this. Um. <laughs> uh, I don't know how potty mouth he is, but that was just weird as heck. So he is a dad of two children. Oh, good grief! I about to say, Paul Heyman should. Uh... <laughs> anyway, if this is entirely true, if I'm read from Wikipedia, I mean, Paul Heyman should keep his mouth shut and saying things like. That in front of, in front of like, a lot of people who's watching this, and especially if it, he has kids, it's and you know saying that, and also not to mention saying in front of Cody, and his wife, and not to mention hearing that probably from, probably when Libby gets older, she's probably gonna end up freaking out, out hearing somebody say that kind of stuff, but holy crud, if I was Paul Heyman, I need to, he should keep his mouth. Zip it for saying crazy stuff. I mean, because it's something really, 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 really something that should never be talked about. <laughs> saying, like, oh, I wanted to do this to your wife. I'm like, it's why you're so, you need to be bunk, go to jail for this kind of stuff. That meme with the, with that bat and that uh, that Sheba dog. <laughs> I just more like a corgi cakes. Um. Anyway, um, it's very crazy how to mention it, but yes, for those who are wondering, yeah, there's no way about roads to the top unless unless. Daddy gets the rights for it and let Cody and Brandy go for it. I mean, but otherwise, it's really kind of cool that that uh, AEW is still trying to have uh, a variety show oh, that is nothing much, even though it's somewhat related to uh, pro wrestling, but 
you know, to look at the behind the scenes of all the wrestlers. That's kind of cool and whatnot. So, but anyway, I mean, seriously, it, I mean, they'll probably do a lot of looks behind the scenes about all the wrestlers and whatnot. I mean, as long as they don't end up exposing out Claudio. Well, since I can since Claudio is the reason why I'm in such of a mess right now. <laughs> this is your fault, Castanoli. I'm dragging your butt down. He says, what? You know what you did a couple of years ago. Oh, I haven't told Tony yet at what you've done, mister. <laughs> I'm such of a mess. <laughs> Want to hear, know what I'm being by? Go listen to my other podcasts. Anything else to add with Lindsay Rogers? <laughs> Good grief, man. Um, so anyway, uh, so where was I? Um, so yes. Um, so, uh, anyway, so, uh, I think this is looking good. Now, the only thing right now threw me off right now is what the heck Renee was wearing. I'm like, girl couldn't find any other color. Or, I don't know if it's because the, I think it might be a dress, but she was wearing white. I'm like, you threw me off, girl. I mean, I like you, like your husband, but you're going to cause everybody to go having their head spins and the weirdos come out to play and assuming... Oh, I don't know what to say about that. But anyway, it it was kind of... Even though I would say that Tony Khan really actually looked really handsome, to say the least. With the uh, suit, the um, black... Looked like all black plaid. Woof. It's on the it's on the AEW Twitter account. I don't think it's I don't know if it's AEW or AEW on T on TV Twitter account that runs for both the TNT and TBS. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy to talk about, but anyway. Um, but I'll check out how AEW had done this week. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, my thoughts about, even though I actually watched Monday Night Raw, and it's been a while since I had, and I kind of guess it was a good, good an episode. It's just, there were some things or like, almost felt like recycled, um, like for example, um, you know, seeing uh Finn Balor attack Edge towards the main event, and was really ridiculous to say the least. But it was, I mean, that was like really lame. I would seen that coming, really. But you know, it's t- and I'm just gonna say this. Even though it was kind of good, I know I know uh, Seth Rollins took beat the crap out of the Miz and whatnot, and but anyway, but um, I mean there were a lot of other things that went down, but you know I'm starting to feel like having Austin Theory as the United States Champion feels stale. I mean. 
I mean, if the, if there's anybody who can get that title off of him, I'm hoping it's somebody good. But otherwise, this is really boring. I mean, I mean, and I know most of you guys say, well, what about some of the, what about the others? I mean, I'm cool to see what Bianca Belair's doing as much, and I know she's going to be taken on against uh, the woman that I'm not referring to her daddy name, but I've heard by name she's very familiar with, Kana, um, at uh, WrestleMania. Um, <laughs> um, which is cr- really kind of crazy to see, but, you know, you know, I just, even though I haven't know, heard anything of any status on her husband, Montez Ford, who is still, um, who might be still out of it from being hit on the, uh, head. Actually, I'm gonna look right now onto my, um, I should look right now onto my Twitter account, see if anybody got news. Actually, let me look under Sean Roth's app. Fightful. <sighs> what the hell? <laughs> That's not his name is not Dave. <laughs> Um, anyway, let me look through Fightful. I know this is kind of crazy, but I haven't heard much yet of any news, whatever, whatsoever, but. (laughs) Oh, hello. Alright, you know what? I know I'm talking about some stuff. Oh, I see. Game Changer Wrestling. Alright, I'll put up on this another topic to talk about. Wait, what the heck? Did Evil Uno have a match against John Moxley? Oh, good grief. I guess this is because of what happened. You know, Mar- yeah, okay, so it's next week for the All Access AEW. <coughs> it says here for Fightful, from Fightful, it says here AEW All Access is announced. It will air in March after Dynamite 1 in March. Oh, wait, no. Sorry, I read that wrong. My bad. Um. Anyway, I'm trying to look through. Um. <laughs> oh no, no, no! He did not. Oh, good grief! 
It's look like somebody's been tweeting. <laughs> sure it's not coming from you, Sap. That's <laughs> uh, somebody else must have took in. Anyway, uh... Right. I'm looking through right now on the FIFO website. Tweets are not much anything provide. But uh, I'll just let you. Let's see. <laughs> uh, let's see. There's some others. Stuff. What the heck? Flair's making money off a of cameo and he almost make about six hundred and seventy thousand dollars. Oh good lord. Ugh So no much not much anything for how uh nothing yet about on the status. Oh yeah, now I saw that Instagram post. I didn't saw it quickly, but can't believe that's happening. Um, yeah, I'll talk about that topic a little bit. So, somebody got engaged. I'll have to explain who it is. And, uh, I know it's very weird. Um, okay, this is from yesterday. No, this is yesterday. This is the day before. I'm looking through right now. <laughs> oh my god, Mark Sterling. Expect, except for Swerve Sturgeon, I would represent anyone in AEW. Oh, good grief. So there was an interview Sean Ross Sapp did uh, with the Street Profits, but I have no word how Montez Ford is doing since he got injured from the Elimination Chamber. Because what happened was, as he was about to walk out, um, he kind of lost his... He kind of lost his balance, and... I don't know how he's doing, so I'm still scrolling through. Anyway, um, so yeah, um, I know most of you guys are going to ask me again, what is wrong with Montez Ward and why I'm just acting like I'm being obsessed. But no, what happened was, what happened was, if you guys didn't know, um, Montez Ford is still recovering, as much as I can say, um, due to the fact that he was... In fact, uh, injured, it looked like. But what happened was, as he was getting up, he lost balance. And something tells me he might be in concussion protocol. And I don't know if that's the case or not. But kind of scrolling. 
Oh. <laughs> All right. So anyway, but anyway, oh, let's see. <laughs> Wait, what the heck is this saying? Oh my god, Mia Yim. <laughs> oh, Jesus freaking Christ. Oh no. Don't tell me they make her as an honorary member of the Bullet Club. <laughs> I mean, right now, the Bullet Club leadership's throwing up in the air right now. <laughs> Oh boy. Anyway, I'm reading this. Let me let me start up another segment. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna read this article from Fightful, and it's from Skylar Russell and Sean Rossap. And this was posted on February nineteenth. And it says here, Me Yim being named a member of the Bullet Club says Gal and Anderson are also in the dollhouse. Oh good lord. <laughs> I haven't heard that name in a while. Anyway, it says here, Me Yim takes pride in being in the Bullet Club. <laughs> what is <laughs> Oh jeez. Anyway, it says here back in December, Fightful has an exclusive interview with Bullet Club leader Jay White. In the interview, White seemingly made the OC an official ascension of the Bullet Club as she noted the group has a new member in Mia Yim. Bruh What the heck Jay <laughs> <laughs> An exclusive interview with Fightful, I guess, with Sean Ross Sapp. Um, Yim commented on being an official member of the group. Uh, listen, for years, I've been following the Bullet Club, and they were, in my opinion, the cool kids. That I, and I never deemed myself to be a cool kid. So now that I'm part of the cool kids group, I'll take it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I guess the uh, OC is considered to be an extension of the Bullet Club. Got it. <laughs> They're everywhere, man. <laughs> also, it says here, Fightful also at... Or should I say, Sean also... It says Fightful, but it's actually Sean. Sean also asked Mia if she considered Gallows and Anderson to be official members of the Dollhouse, a popular M TNA Impact Wrestling faction that existed back in 2015-2016. Mia says here, yes, yes, I think they will look even better skirts than me. I mean, Gallows is the sex icon of the group, so... <laughs> oh... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, for those who are wondering about that, I will gladly explain. <sighs> Mia Yim. <laughs> this is a long story. Well, I don't know who came up with this, but Mia Yim was part of a group called the Dollhouse. It was her, her, but she was known as Jade, and I was like, that's not Korean. It almost sounds Chinese to me. And uh, Marty Bell, and I forget who was the third member. 
I know it's those two, and then there was a third member. But let me look up Mia Yim. Although, actually, I'm more shocked about her husband, uh, Keith Lee, who just returned to um, who just returned to uh, AEW, and for some reason, he looks gray. Um. Oh yeah. Okay. So here's here's the the brief part of this. It says here, according to our Wikipedia page, in April two thousand fifteen, Impact began Aaron Vigianti promoting the Dollhouse Mia Yim and Marty Bell's debut, in which Yim's ring name was changed to Jade. Jade and Bell debuted on the TKO Night of Knockouts edition of Impact Wrestling on April twenty fourth where Jade lost to Laura Dennis by disqualification after the two attack referee Brian Stifler as well as ring announcer Christy Hemi establishing themselves as heels in the process. Laura Dennis? Oh! Allie! Oh boy. I was like, wait, what? Wait, I was like, who likes Laura Dennis? I'm like, oh, wait, it's Allie, a.k.a. The Bunny. <laughs> Though, I wonder if she ever gonna dye her hair back to, like, I don't know, brown? It's like, she had blonde hair, but... I don't know. <laughs> Right. Later that night, Jade and Marty helped Taryn Terrell to retain her TNA Women's Knockout Championship against Austin Kong, with Terrell joining the dollhouse in the process. Yeah, that's right. It was Taryn Terrell. Even though the funniest thing is right here, uh, it's this year... Or about me again. She returned to the promotion in May 2014 for Knockouts Knockdown 2, where she defeated Brittany to qualify the gauntlet, gauntlet match later that night, in which she was eliminated by Taryn Terrell. So. <laughs> so that's why she ended up teaming against the woman who kicked her butt. <laughs> uh, oh, the irony. Anyway, um. Yep. Anyway, continuing on, uh, the Dollhouse wrestled their first match as a team on the May 8th episode of Impact Wrestling, where they defeated Elson Kong and Gail Kim in a 3-on-2 handicap match. Jaden Bell would regularly interfere Terrell's championship matches and assure the win for her. At Slimmiversary uh, 13, the Dollhouse lost to Awesome Kong and Brooke in another 3-on-2 handicap match. On the July 15th episode of Impact Wrestling, Terrell lost the championship to Brooke after Gail Kim returned and attacked Jade, causing a distraction. On the turning point, 
a special episode of Impact Wrestling on August 19th. Jaden Bell competed in a two-on-one handicap, six sides of steel cage match in against Gail Kim, which Kim would win. Holy boy. <laughs> On the September 23rd episode of Impact Wrestling, Jaden successfully challenged Gail Kim for the TNA Women's Knockout Championship. On February, thir- t- on February 23rd, 2016, during the lockdown special episode of Impact Wrestling, Jade scored the pinfall over Kim in a six-knockout lethal lockdown match. As a result, Jade received another shot at Kim's TNA Women's TNA Women's Knockout Championship two weeks later, but failed to win the title. <sighs> but yeah, Mia did have an opportunity to win the uh, TNA Knockouts Championship, so... Uh, that was the good thing happened when she was there. So, um, yeah, I see, yeah. You know, that's kind of crazy to hear about that about Mia. But yeah, for those who are wondering, that's about the dollhouse. <laughs> but it's really crazy that Jay White would do that for Mia. Shock. Even though right now, I don't know what's the fate of Jay White right now. I don't know if he still remains as the leader of the Bullet Club. <laughs> Even though, actually, I kind of heard from... From K Omega, he says, thank you, Jay, and also F you, Jay. <laughs> I was like, dang, Kenny. Really? Alright. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, so, that's crazy. Lethal would do that. Oh boy. Crazy man. So I just found out that the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame, um, otherwise known as Game Changer Wrestling, uh Indie Hall of Fame, is uh taking place on uh Sunday, April second. Um, I don't know if they're gonna be streaming this and but it's going to be taking place at a live site at WrestleCon, um, which is the Millennium Biltmore in uh, Los Angeles. Um, it's going to be happening at 12 p.m. Pacific, which is 3 p.m. Uh, 3 p.m. Eastern. And, um, 
anyway, it's been a it's been revealed that um so far, um there are two names have been announced to inducted into the Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame, with uh, with uh, a game change in wrestling. Um, the first and yes, the Indie Hall of Fame, according to an article that was posted by Jeremy Lambert, which is the first one happened on February eighth this year. It's, he says here, the Indie Hall of Fame ceremony's back. Game Changer Wrestling announced that Christopher Daniels will be the first inducted into the Indie Class Indie Hall of Fame Class of twenty twenty three. Christopher Daniels will be inducted by Frankie Kazarian. The ceremony takes place on Sunday, April second. Now, the reason why this is happening, moving why this is put up in April and not January is because um, this is just because what happened was this was the first time this happened. It this was such a crazy situation, but um, yeah, it's crazy. Now, according to more into the article from Jeremy Lambert, he says here, uh, Daniels is is signed to AEW. Actually, currently signed to AEW, um, and I think he. Handles the, uh, I forget what he does besides wrestling, but it says here he continues to says here, but it is a long time veteran of the independent scene, holding titles in UPW, uh, National Wrestling Alliance, Ring of Honor, ECWA, Three PW, Defy, and more. Uh. <laughs> Anyway, it says here, the Indy Hall of Fame was established in 2022 with Jerry Lynn, Homicide, Ruckins, Dave Prezak, Tracy's Mothers, and Lou Fistel being part of the first class. Uh, so, continuing on, who's the second? Well, <laughs> another Fightful article, this time from Colin Teaser, who's Tesser, or Teaser? Is it Tesser? Tesser. Tessier. I should say. Um, the Indie Wrestling Fame Hall of Fame continues to grow. Game Changer Wrestling announced that cheerleader Melissa as a member of the Indie Hall of Fame class of 2023, and she will be inducted by Dave Prezak. And it says, also he says here, Christopher Daniels was previously announced as the first inductee. The ceremony will be held on April 2nd from the Millennium Biltmore Hotel in Los Angeles, California. Melissa has a lengthy career in the wrestling business. She has competed for a number of promotions, including Shimmer, Lucha Underground, Stardom, River City Wrestling, and and All Pro Wrestling, among others. She's a two-time Shimmer champion. Melissa also worked for TNA for a few years, first as Raisha Saeed and later Alyssa Flash. Um... Yeah, it's this is true, and and the continue on says Jerry Lynn, Homicide, Ruckus, Dave Prezak, and Tr Tracy's mothers and Lou Fistel were members of the inaugural class of the Indie Hall of Fame, which was established in twenty twenty two, and I remember vaguely that <sighs> I forget somebody was inducting Tracy's mothers pro. Presumably, but it was Chris Hero who had stepped it on behalf of Tracy's mothers. Uh, 
ain't state family. Um, yeah, it was crazy here about that. Um, anyway, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, but I also saw something else, but I just want to do a little research for a moment. Um, okay, yeah, all right. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's really crazy, to say the least. <laughs> so, this one is going to be very, very awkward, to say the least. And the reason why I'm saying this is because um, this is going to be a little bit sensitive to those who are in countries that... Um, I don't know if anybody in these countries would ever listen to my podcast, but for those who are wondering, I have some sensitive news. Um, please understand, do not go after Sonia DeVille because this is something really personal for her and surprisingly is being reported on social media and she shared it on Instagram as well. But apparently, I'm going to say this, but understand where Sonia, what Sonia is, okay? Um... Anyway, it's been revealed, um, People Magazine, uh, Sonya Deville posted on her Instagram account, and also now it's been, uh, shared on, uh, WWE, um, website as well, and it's been revealed, Sonya Deville announces engagement. Anyway... It says here, anyway, it says here, earlier today, as broken by People Magazine, Sonia DeVille announced that she engaged to longtime partner Tony Cassano. DeVille, who made history being the first openly gay female superstar in WWE, has been dating her fiancé since early 2022. Congratulations to the happy couple. Um, yeah, anyway, she posts this, like, Hours ago. Um. Anyway. Uh. It says here. Um. Sonya Deville posted here on. Her Instagram account. It was always you. Anyway. And she tagged her part. Her girlfriend. Or now. Or should say fiance. Uh. Fit. Underscore. Tony Casano. A special thank you to everyone that helped make this day so special. And she tied in People Magazine, um, Enchantment underscore Engagement, and Happy Jewelers, uh, the, Maddie, at, the Maddie Cox, and also view, at Views from Scent. Um, for those who are wondering, Enchantment, Enchantment Engagement is an entrepreneur who helps out the... Uh, it's an entrepreneur. 
or their business where they help out creating fairy tale marriage proposals. So, in other words, um, they help out engagement couple. They help out the couples to be want to be engaged. Usually, from what I can see, is that usually. Uh, straight couples, but this is the first time they're doing with uh, 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 a gay couple, I should say. Anyway, um, also, Happy Jewelers are the company that uh, that made the, I guess, the engagement for uh, Sonia Deville. Oh. And uh, let's see. Maddie Cox is the daddy social media producer who is from Barnegat, New Jersey. Bro, hook me up. Talk to me, man. <laughs> and also, it says views from Sant Bruce from Ant is actually Anthony Santarella, who's a digital creator for daddy social media. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I guess Matt and Ant. Anthony helped out uh, Sonia put this together. And, uh, aww. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yep, I can't believe this. But, anyway, um, yeah, that's what everybody's, that's the top story right now, at least. Wait, come on. I saw that. Yeah, that's what they're co- they're mostly saying here. Um, yep, People Magazine has the article. It says here, Duddy Star, which, by the way, they used her real name, Dario Bernato is engaged to girlfriend Tony Casano, my ride or die. And she says here, it says here in the sub-article, says here, I could never imagine loving a love being so magical. Cassano told people after Bernato popped the question and on February 15th. And they made the officially on February 22nd. And it says here, Daddy star Daria Bernato is engaged. The 29-year-old wrestler popped the question to girlfriend Tony Casano on February 15th at a wine cellar, at a wine cellar cave in Toco, New Jersey. The couple tells people exclusively. <laughs> but after Bernardo asked Casano to walk down the aisle, she was in for a big surprise. Moments after giving her fiancé a custom design ring by Happy Jewelers in front of friends and family, she was shocked when Casano pulled, <laughs> pulled an engagement ring of her own. Oh my word. I proposed, then Tony's like, grab my purse, and she pulls out a freaking ring box, and she's like, I've been carrying around this. I've been carrying this around my purse for four months. So whenever you propose, I could give you a ring immediately back. Oh my word. So I guess from what they're saying is... the So I guess the girlfriends were thinking about uh, proposing to the other. And that's crazy. <laughs> it, and Casano says, it was truly 
was the biggest blur ever, Cassano said on the romantic night. All I remember is both of us shaking so bad. Esperanto, oh, I could go on for days about the way I feel about this woman. I never knew love could feel so happy and safe at the same time. I found my best friend, my soulmate, and my life partner all in one incredible human. She's the epitome of my ride or die. To be able to show her and her two daughters how much they all mean to me was what this proposal was all about. They are my world, and now we are one family forever together. Oh, that's what the photos are. So, Sonia is going to be a mother. She's probably going to adopt up Casano's uh, daughters. Oh. It says here, Bernato said she spent months designing the ring before asking Casano. I want it to be epic, she says. I never proposed to a woman before, and I wanted this to be the most special for Tony and for her kids too, says the Daddy Star. Cassano is a mother to two daughters, ages 7 and 11, who Bernato included in her big proposal. Oh, I wanted to make this something that they were super involved in, says she says. But I also want them to be surprised because I want them to have a memorial Memorable moment, too. The couple met last April when Cassano agreed to meet Bernato at one of her shows. (laughs) This is going to sound real cheesy, but I knew she was the one the second I saw her, said Bernato. I got a front row ticket to my show and I was going to take her out after take her out to dinner after, but I didn't have time to meet her before the show. So the first time I saw Tony was when I was coming out doing my entrance, ready to wrestle, and I looked in the crowd she had called. Oh jeez. <laughs> When Bernato's show was too late for the couple to make their dinner reservations that night, they found themselves at a random dive bar where they talked until 5 a.m. eating Easy Bake Oven pizzas. I was instantly like, this girl is the love of my life, says Bernato. Aww. Uh, I know this is really crazy. And it says here, she's had the most grounded, cool energy and just was so beautiful. But you can tell she doesn't know it. She's just so cool and humble. And I was just like, this is my girl. Looking back on her, looking back on her journey as a gay woman, Renata couldn't feel more certain of how this relationship worked out. It feels cool to... It's so cool to me that being in this position right now to be engaged as a gay female in the WWE and have to and to have proposed to my fiance because I look back seven years ago, eight years ago when I even when I wasn't even openly out yet and I was hiding relationships and I was still trying to figure out my comfortability with being gay and who I was. She says. 
So I think that's crazy to see the evolution of my life and my journey, and the fans have been able to come along in the journey with me. I think now it's just so cool to be like, I never thought I'd be here, but look, guys, I'm here, and you guys can do it too. And it's okay to be who you are. It's okay to love who you're. You love, and it's so special and so important to accept yourself. Now that she's engaged to her dream person, Bernato says it's really important to show her, her fans that they're loved and special, and that they can have all the same moments that anybody else can. I'd say that, I mean, I would say that uh, Sonya Deville is a very, uh, cl very clever woman, but her fiance, whoo, girl, I can't believe you come out like that. I know this sounds really awkward, but yeah, I know a lot of people are probably going to say things like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. Why is this happening, Lindsay? Um, because Sonia is very happy in her life, really. And, I, and I, it makes me feel like, I mean, she's really happy where she's at. And to fall in love with, with somebody who makes her happy is what it should be. But understand, I know this is, sounds a little bit sensitive because... Um, some people wouldn't, still won't accept this, but I mean, as long as Sonia's happy, I think everybody should accept that. I mean, seriously. And it's crazy, but for Sonia, I mean, that's good for her. So, It's really crazy to hear this. But yeah. Oh. Uh oh. Oh boy. <laughs> Hang on for one minute. There's something else I gotta let you guys hear, okay? Okay, so there's an article from Variety, uh, from Variety, and it says here, um, Mercedes Fernando signs with UTA exclusive, and it's written by Brianna Bell. Um, anyway, the article says here, professional wrestler, actress, and model Mercedes Fernando has signed with UTA for representation in all areas. The agency will help her secure new opportunities across film, television, theater, and more. Fernando is most recognized for her work in WWE under the name Sasha Banks. She exited that company in 2022 and now wrestles under the name Mercedes Monet. In January two. <laughs> in January 2023, she appeared in New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom 17, which helped the company generate over 9 
hundred thousand new users, the most in New Japan Pro Wrestling World history, and sells over twenty five thousand tickets. It's which marked the highest ticket sales from a non WWE live event in the last three years. In two thousand nineteen, she made her acting debut in season two of the hit Disney Plus series The Mandalorian, where she plays. Koska Reeves. She made several appearances on a number of unscripted shows, including Nick Cannon's Presents Wild and Out, Hot Ones, Bomber Getting, and Cold as Balls. She also led a national endorsement campaign to such brands as Pizza, Cricket Wireless, and Pure Life. Fernando is an SB Award winner and is widely regarded as an athlete who's contributed to contribute who contributions helped revolutionize wrestling at a high level. In 2021, she made history as the first African American female to headline WrestleMania. Uh, prior to joining WWE, she wrestled on the independent circuit while part a while a part of wrestling of Chaotic Wrestling, she once held the Chaotic Wrestling Women's Championship title. She also ha- she also has over eight championship reigns during her time with WWE and their developmental NXT. She's a former NXT Women's Champion, a five-time WWE, five-time Raw Women's Champion, and a three-time WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. She also won the SmackDown Women's Championship in 2020. It, you forget the one more thing. Mercedes Monet is, well, she is the uh, IWGP uh, women's champion because she defeated the inaugural champion, Kari. <laughs> um, she will continue to be rep. Uh, by her advocate, Kevin Undergaro. So, yeah, for those who are wondering, uh, Miss Mercedes Monet is being represented by UTA. But uh, let's just, let me just give you guys a little reminder there. That she's now, what, a 10-time women's champion? <laughs> Good for her, really. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm glad she is being represented by um, a agency known as uh, UTA. Those are wondering what is UTA? That is the United Talent Agency. <laughs> and I guess the headquarters is located in uh in New York City, New York State. 
I can't tell you where the address is because I don't want anybody to go and go crazy. But for some reason, I had ended up Google searching it and I instantly regret it. But for those who are wondering, yes, that is United Talent Agency locating in New York City, New York State. Um, it was established about 32 years ago. Um... Um, uh, yep, and, uh, crazy, <laughs> really, 32 years ago, uh, what up, calculator, <laughs> 2023 minus 1991. Oh, yeah, 32. Yep, yep, yep. Don't know when, but you know. <laughs> Just want to let you guys know what Miss uh, Mercedes Monet is up to. If I know why is people using women's. No, wrestlers specifically, even women wrestlers, are their real names. So, the bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I have an update on uh, Mark Briscoe's nieces. Even though the article, it says here, from Fightful, um, written by Skylar Russell. It says here, Ashley Pugh provides new update on Daughters of Jay Briscoe. In other words, they are the nieces of uh, Mark Briscoe. Anyway, there's an update. Ashley Pugh has provided another positive update on Jay Lee and Grace Pugh. The wrestling world is continuing to mourn the loss of Jay Briscoe, who was tragically killed in a car accident back on January 17, 2023. Briscoe, who was one half of the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions at the time of his passing, had both of his daughters in the car at the time of the accident. Throughout the past month, Jaylee and Grace had been recovering from various injuries. In a new Facebook post that was shared back <coughs> on February 18th, Briscoe's widow Ashley provided an update on the couple's daughters saying that the family has been reunited. And it says here, got all my babies back together, in which both of the girls are in wheelchairs. There's along that Ashley and and also Ashley's uh, son is uh, standing with them. Anyway, it says here, Fightful will continue to provide updates on the Pew family as they are made available. And also has been mentioned here, here. Mark Briscoe officially signed with All Elite Wrestling back on February 15th. Since the passing of his brother, Jay, Mark has appeared on several episodes of AEW television. A fundraiser for the Pew family was created days after Jay's passing. Thus far, the fundraiser has raised over $340,000, despite having a goal of only $200,000. Just check out the fundraiser, and they just wanted me to click there. Anyway, fans also can still support the Pew family by purchasing items from Jay Briscoe's Pro Wrestling Tea Shop. So, my thoughts about this is it's really nice to hearing the updates of 
um, Mark Briscoe's uh, nieces says are doing well. Um, it's shocking that the girls were in were in there, uh, and they are looks like to me they are recovering well. Um, and seeing this photo of the. Uh, of the family looking so um, happy, to say the least. Um, it's probably going to be hard. hard. They're still fighting. Um, but it's really kind of crazy to hear this. Um, it's... I mean... The, even though... I don't know why they mention about Mark Briscoe being... Uh, sign with AEW, but yeah, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, um, it looks like to me the girls are looking, um, well, um, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's really shocking they still are dealing with a lot of situations about this. And I I just feel like it was just too much, I mean, to hear what happened. But it was a very sad, sad day. Um, yeah, and I'm pretty sure the Delaware State Police, a social media team's like trying to figure out, like, why one of their tweets got more views than others. And, like, because they knew it was Jay, uh... Briscoe, man, <laughs> I'm sorry, being weird, but anyway, it's really nice to hear how uh, Mark Briscoe's nieces are doing and, and, and getting the response from, you know, from his, I mean, seeing a post coming from his uh, brother's uh, widow, I mean, it's really crazy to see how this happening, and I'm pretty sure Mark's probably happy that his nieces are uh, looking good. I, I mean, they're in wheelchairs, but I don't know if it's short term or long term. So there you guys go. <laughs> All right, I may have more information about what the heck's going on on with Ariel Hawani, apparently because this is an article that uh, from Fightful says here, Ariel Hawani addressed Tony Khan's tweet, the jokes will show up on AEW Dynamite for the right price. Um, it says here from Jeremy Lambert, it says here, in October 2022, Tony Khan spoke with Ariel Hawani on the MMA Hour in an infamous interview that Hawani called one of his worst ever due to Tony not commenting on the situation regarding CM Punk, his comments, and the altercation with Kenny Mega and the Young Bucks. And I'm pretty sure he couldn't because of legal Oh, aka speak to Mega Parka. It says here, four months has passed, but Tony Khan brought the issue back to life during the February seventeenth episode of Daddy Smackdown when he sent out a tweet aimed at Hawani, who appeared on the broadcast. 
Tony wrote, you're a fraud at Ariel Hawani. You, you're a, as legitimate of a reporter as, as Tony, at Tony Shavani 24. Hawani replied, thanks for watching, old friend. Can't wait for our next chat. Also, don't listen to the snowman, Shavani. You're a legend to my books. Speaking on his MMA hour, Halwani details his side of the story with Khan and appearances on Duddy television. He says here, in quote, I'm not a wrestling journalist. I never call myself a wrestling journalist. I don't report on wrestling like others do. I do interview wrestlers. I enjoy it tremendously. I try to think and act like a journalist when I do these interviews, but I am not a wrestling journalist. I obviously have a relationship with people there because Nick Khan, the CEO, was my agent. I can't hide from that. Bro. <laughs> I wasn't sure what direction I should go. What should I do? I came to the conclusion that in life, especially post-ESPN, I just wanted to have fun. I want to do fun things. I came to a conclusion around December. If an opportunity comes up again, I'm going to take it, he began. It's always been a bucket list for me. I made a promise to myself without seeking it. If this opportunity came up again, I would seriously consider it. Because life is too short. I want to have Fun. I'm not a wrestling journalist. I think people are confusing me for my role in MMA is not the same. All things aren't equal. Before he appeared on WWE television, Halani did a voiceover for the WWE Elimination Chamber video package where he dove into the history of Montreal. Oh. I said yes, and I said, this time I'm going to get paid. The reason I didn't say it beforehand, I didn't didn't want to ruin the surprise. I wanted to be organic and fun. As of right now, I haven't been paid, but you get the point. I agree to it. Unless they decided to not pay me because I sucked, which is fine. I may have been fired, he joked. <laughs> Hawani continues by saying that he did the voiceover and went to SmackDown, but didn't know if he would be doing anything. He ran into someone backstage, but didn't say who, who, who thought it would be good for him to be on television and be in the crowd discussing the significance of the moment. He also said Triple H went to bat for him and approved the idea. I don't care what anybody says about him, Triple H. He's a mensch, salt of the earth. And very welcome and kind to me, said Hawani. Ooh, you shouldn't said that. He's not even salt of the earth. Hawani <laughs> also noted that Paul Heyman helped him with something, some wording. Dang. <laughs> now, meanwhile, back at... Wait. He sent the... Wait. The tweet. Hawani also know that Paul Heyman helped him with some wording. You mean the tweet that he sent to Tony Khan? Uh oh. Anyway, back to Tony Khan. It says here that 
Uni Khan sent out the tweet after Hawani's first appearance on Daddy Smackdown, and Ariel wasn't going to check his phone before his second appearance, but decided to glance at it and saw things had blown up. Yeah, and this is the reason why you should stick to MMA, my dude. Anyway, he says here, I swear to God, I looked at it three times and I thought it was fake. Anyone who could have a Anyone can have a blue check. This guy doesn't follow me. He never tweeted me. There's no way he actually tweeted this. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I think everybody knows about that, but first of all, one, yeah, that's the real Tony Khan. And two, you're freaking out, my dude. <laughs> anyway. He says number one, prove Proven that he was watching, which is bizarre. Why would you do that? Why would you put the competition over and show that you're watching some random SmackDown and a random moment in the telecast? Walled her Hawani. Hawani thought Tony was talking, was taking a shot at Tony Schiavone in his tweet, but it was explained to him that Khan could have been saying that Hawani is being a rope. Think roving interview on Duddy Television is no different than how AEW utilized Shivani. <laughs> oh boy. Hawani circled back to his initial point saying the real thing he should have done is not say anything because why put over the competition's broadcast? You're talking about your own goal. I know Fulham has a better season. They certainly haven't had a great one with the cons involved. But this was an all-time great own goals. I couldn't believe it. I had to check multiple times it really him. Bro, it is him. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Hawani then addressed his October interview with Khan and how everything stems from Hawani's follow-up comments that the interview went poorly. He is still upset, clear over the fact that he gave me one of the all-time worst interviews, ignoring the fact that I have continuously praised the product ever since they launched. It was a bad interview, objectively a bad interview. What amazing about that interview is everyone loves to talk about it. He couldn't talk about this, legal this, as where is the legal? Where is the proof? What legal are you talking about? What is this investigation you guys keep talking about? I asked Tony multiple times aims to come on the show. I stopped asking because I was told it what that he wasn't sure. I'm Nick Khan's guy. I work for BT, which was stupid because that's just the broadcast partner. That's like I'm saying, and Belter guys shouldn't speak to Mark Rem. Raymondi because he works for ESPN and USC is on ESPN, said Hamwani. Actually, it's more of you, it's on ESPN slash ABC, which is owned by Disney. So, good, good job, man. They reached out to me several months later and said, do you want to have Tony on? Never said, don't ask about this. Don't ask about that. And you don't think I'm going to ask about these things? Anyone worth 
their salt is going to ask these things. There are a million different ways you could have answered those questions. At the time, I had no relationship with anyone in terms of business. This was early October. To now pin those questions on me appearing on SmackDown is a... Oh, he sweared. <laughs> I'll just say as a bullcrap move because one has nothing to do with the other. He's mad that he came off looking like a guy that didn't know how to handle the these situations. And it's only comfortable promoting and talking about a product. But that's not what the public wants to hear. Now he wants to say, aha, look, this is why he asked me these questions. It's all silly bullcrap. Why do you care? I said it was a bad interview. I praise your product. Why you so quickly run to your phone and to tweet this in my moment? <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, um, it continues. The article continues. Says, Halami says he thought Tony's tweet was hilarious and wait, wanted to wait until he finished his second spot on SmackDown before replying. The amazing thing was, is how the whole thing spread backstage. Did you see the tweet? Did you see the tweet? I don't know a lot of pe of these people. It's amazing how. Uh, it's amazing. How could he? Was that really him? He's no different than... Whoa, wait a moment. Dana White? What the heck? Oh, heck no. What I thought about tweeting back to him was... Uh... <laughs> what the hell? Oh my god, this is garbage. He says here, Dana is not going to shag you, mate. I know he's just trying to curry favor with his idol, Dana White. Why does Dana... Dana White has nothing to do with AEW. You, or even pro wrestling, as a matter of fact. He's an MMA guy. He, he's the reason why I, every time I hear about him, it's about you about UFC. Although his garbage comments about the pro wrestling is fake is... Really, really, something that should be uh, a should be put into a dumpster fire, along with Ariel Hawani. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that, but yeah, he's anyway. The article continues. I was thinking that one, but I thought <sighs> where was I? Sorry, I lost my position. I see. Um. I was thinking of that one, but I thought it might be a little too much of a deep cut for the wrestling audience, said Helwani. <sighs> anyway, mentioning of this part of the article says here, White issues with Helwani has been very public, with White taking shots at Helwani, banning him from events, and limited his UFC access. Um, yeah, and I think this is really crazy. Um, anyway, Helwani continued, I was not going to let this guy who had built an amazing thing, all credit to him. This kid who, if wasn't for his old man, oh, wow. Let me tell you something. 
thing. My dad gave me a lot, but as far as MA journalism and everything I built, that was all me. I'm very proud of what I built. I wasn't going to let this guy effing soil my name and drag fit through the mud, ruin my night. I know he was trying to get himself over me because Lord knows he needs it. I wasn't going to let that happen. Absolutely not. I can tell you a lot of the other stuff about that interview that we didn't show about how weird and bizarre the whole thing was. But I'm not going to do that. Oh, boy. I can't believe he's starting to swear. I mean, seriously. Dude, you need to stop. Anyway, the article continues. When asked about his reply to Tony, Hawani says, I thought I was going to reply, but then I was like, F it, Hawani. 10-7 all day, every day. I was like, I'm not going to let this slide. You're not going to call me a fraud and get away with it. <laughs> Hawani once again stated that he's not a wrestling journalist and that anyone comparing him to Dave Meltzer was wrong, saying he might be similar to Meltzer in his MMA coverage, but not wrestling. Hawani was back at Daddy Elimination Chamber appearing on screen alongside MMA legend George Sh- George's St. Pierre. Michael Cole introduced Hawani by saying the unbiased, world-renowned combat sports journalist, Ariel Hawani, who asked the hard questions whether you want to answer them or not. This just sounds like he's comparing him to... Oh, good grief. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Cole, it sounds like Cole is... It almost sounds like... The way how he sounds this is like you're just comparing him to uh, the man, the hot rod himself, the late Roddy Piper. I mean, seriously. I mean, why? Why Why you sound like you're, he's, he's Roddy Piper? Good grief. <laughs> like, chill, my dude. Anyway. The article continues saying, Hawani said about the Cole's induction, introduction, Michael Cole, legend that he is, says to me before the broadcast, wait till you hear how I introduce you. I go to the back and my phone explodes because of what Michael Cole said. Everyone is going nuts over this. I'm getting high fives in the back. I'm like, I didn't do anything. (laughs) oh my god can't believe that anyway the part anyway the board to this says hamani closed the portion about Tony Khan's eye saying I'm not a daddy employee if they come back and we talk about something else would I be open to it if if it makes sense I don't think me being a character is the right move. I don't know. I would consider anything. Tony, I am Don. If you want to talk to me about helping out the product, I'll show up on Dynamite for the right price. You want me to be brought and paid for? Let's put out the fraud t-shirts right now. I'll lean all the way in. (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyway, more to this says here, more in the article says here, Hawani was very thankful to the Duddy staff for his two nights in Montreal and said multiple times that he was having fun and living his dream. Um, Hawani did not directly address his reply calling Tony Khan the snowman, with the only comment regarding snow being mentioned that Khan's TV reception may have been snow and he did hear the broadcast. Oh, I don't know. He might heard the broadcast, buddy. But that is, but I don't know, man. Ugh. Even though I had, I even though I'm just gonna say this. First of all, oh boy. Anyway, I'm looking up the word right now on the Urban Dictionary. Snowman. Uh <laughs> I don't know. Well, let's see if there's anything meaningful. <laughs> okay, yeah, it says here, I think this is a slang term. You're slumping. I think this makes sense. Um, it says here, a slang term used by non-Caucasian to describe an unwelcome Caucasian male. It says, and they got a, a quote from, says Hector, Fast and Furious movie, hey, pointing at the white guy, look at that snowman over there, man. I think that's what maybe he was referring to. Yeah, that's what there's. That's a possibility. I don't know. I mean, other words are just talking about building things to very much not safe for work.
Yeah, though there are ones that are not safe for work. Um, things are not uh, very much inappropriately to say. Um, otherwise, building us uh, up up uh, from the snow. I don't know. This really confusing me, but my thoughts about what uh what have what happened is very questionable. First of all, I think what Ariel Hawani was saying that why is Tony Khan promoting the competition? No, he wasn't. He was tweeting at you and tagged Tony Schiavone in the mess. And second of all, you still didn't explain why you called why you call Tony Khan a snowman. I mean, is it because he's mixed? X and X because his father married a woman. I mean, seriously, I don't know why he would say this kind of stuff. So. I know most of you guys want me to... Uh, so, my thoughts about this is... I think... I don't care for what wrestling... Uh, whatever for wrestlers should do. I mean, seriously. They need to stay away from this guy. And as much as I'll say this... To between Ariel Hawani and Dana White... Which, for some reason... Why, why he mentioned Dana White... Has nothing to do what Tony Khan had tweeted... Um, the reason why I'm going to say this is, uh, Hawani is really nuts. And he says he wanted to do this. I mean, seriously, once you turn to Bellator, you dingus. I mean, seriously, why are you wanting to get involved with pro wrestling? It's because, because... What, they reached out to you and then you act like a complete tool? I mean, seriously. And and for what reason? Um, I mean, what... I know what Ariel Hawani is saying about talking about the interview. I mean, he was probably told not to talk about that. And maybe he should have said, I can't talk about this. Um, legal told me not to. And then he goes, well, what about legal, like, again, like, you may need to speak to AEW legal. Um, and that is Megara, Mega Parker. Who's the chief legal counsel? So, you need to take this up with her, seriously. Um, but Dragon Twin Con, it's really horrible. I mean, to say the least. Um, and and he says that he's not involved with. He's not a wrestling journalist. No, you're just a guy who's just such a want to do be an interviewer, but try to pretend like you are, really. 
and as and and mentioning of Dana White, I mean Dana's really kind of trash. I mean, I still won't forgive him for his disgusting comments about saying pro wrestling is fake when the fact is wrestlers ended up being injured from from moves is do tend to get hurt. I mean seriously. I mean, in fact, I still haven't know how Montez Ford is doing, and ever since he got ever since he got uh hurt, hurt by I think Austin Theory, yeah, that's right, Austin Theory, because of what Theory had done to him. Um, so I mean. I don't know if he's okay. Um, all I can tell you is he had a hard, he got, he tried to get up and he lost his balance and he had to get help up, up during the match, during the match in order to get him out of there. And I have no word if he's all right. I mean, I'm just kind of concerned of that for the sake of. For the sake of the sake of everybody wanted to know, so anyway, <laughs> oh, good grief, anyway, so yeah, so. You could just state you're just an interviewer. I mean, seriously. But then you go out and, like, narrated about Montreal and Sami Zayn and this and that. I'm like, okay, so what? I mean, as far as I can say is, just say you did some things for WWE and just move on. But there's no way to talk about Tony Khan calling him a snowman or the fact is you mentioning of Dana White which has nothing to do what Tony Khan had tweeted and I'm like this is so messed up and to find out Ariel Hawani was once being rep- was once being ha- was being managed by that goof Nick Khan I'm like dude why why would you admit that Anyway, either way, I'm just, I feel like it's the most weirdest thing ever to hear about. And and then him going out saying, oh, you're promoting. No, he's not. He's calling your butt out, boy. Even though you're still horrible. Just come out and say, you're just an interviewer. That's it. Now, don't say you're not a wrestling journalist. Just say you're an interviewer, okay? But you still can't. But you still are gonna cause a lot of confusion, and you know. <laughs> anyway, it's so it's so pathetic how oh that area Hawani is just like acting like that, and then he said, "I just run the podcast all about all about MMA." Yeah, you do, and even though you could find out what the heck's going on, but at the same time, why are you getting involved talking to pro wrestlers? It's because what you're a pro wrestling fan. Then you 
admit that, okay? Yeah, maybe you should try. And then, of course, she said, well, I'd like to interview some wrestlers. Yeah, okay. But what you did was really weird. But to say things like, Tony Khan is doing this for his idol, Dana White? I'm like, really? I don't think Tony never mentioned about that. As far as I can say this, I'm just defending somebody who I like, who's doing a favor for the pro wrestling community. Because, if you guys didn't know, (laughs) and I'll say this, I mean, seriously, the pro wrestling community is really kind of glad there's an alternative choice. That not losing a lot of money and had to be bought out to somebody else. You know, that's the case of what's going on with with what happened with uh, Impact Wrestling and even uh, Ring of Honor before Tony Khan ended up bought in AE, I mean, Ring of Honor. So, yeah. So, it's really kind of crazy. I know I'm kind of nitpicking about this, but yeah, I'm just going to start dragging down Ariel Hawani for, this, for his comments. I mean, seriously, (laughs) all I can say about the snowman part, yeah, I think that's kind of what, kind of being so derogatory to say, um, but at the very same time, uh, you know, mentioning about Dana, nothing had to do what happened. And then, of course, he mentions about how angry he is about why he didn't get much answers about about Punk, uh, his comments, and the fight. It's probably, again, it's because of his legal chief counsel, uh, Megara Parker, told him. And even though they probably didn't warn him, but still. I mean, it's crazy enough to hear about this, but it's crazy. Okay. Okay. So I just wanted to let you guys know how um, I want to summarize much of the best of the articles and the stuff I read. Um, Yes. I'm funny. It's so weird that things are happening, but... I mean, seriously, um, there was a lot of stuff that has been talked about within the pro wrestling community. Um, for what I'm going to say about the situation with Ariel Hawani and Tony Khan, it's just, it's just that they're having Twitter beef. But for what Hawani is saying is, was Tony Khan, what Tony Khan tweeted, I was like, First of all, what I didn't, what I can say in my point of view is I didn't know what the heck is going on, and why he was, why, uh, Khan was angry at Hawani, and when I find out what Hawani did, I'm like, okay, that explains it, and then more to this, I find out, yeah, like he came to do voiceover. For the Elimination Chamber. Because it has to do with Sami Zayn. Makes a lot of sense. But what he said. On Twitter. What he said in the. What I read in the Fightful article. uh, 
I mean, that's misleading. I mean, seriously. Hawani needs to just stick to interviewing. But what he said was, oh, like, you're promoting the competition. Like, no, he's not. He's calling you out, Ariel. Look at look at what he tweeted. And I know what you guys are going to say. How do the heck I know that's gone? Because I do follow the guy. I mean, and after all, they did mention him in tweets. Duh. I mean, look at the AEW tweets and you'll see. Anyway, um, I, I'm just going to say this, that if anybody who continues to, you know, understand what Hawani is saying, it's just, you're just going to waste time. I'm just going to say that Hawani is, is a nothing burger, okay? Um, because, you know, he's just a guy who's just a pathetic fan, and who just want to be an interviewer. I mean, that's fun and whatnot. Just don't go out and say, I'm not a wrestling journalist. And then they're going to start thinking you are. Just say that you're just an interviewer. I don't cover the wrestling news. That makes a lot more sense. But some reason, I don't know why Meltzer's been dragging to this. I mean, Meltzer has done nothing wrong. I know that he's been kind of trending, but that's because Twitter is like, the pro wrestling community is ready to chomp him by the butts. Anyway, um, I'm glad that I find out that uh, Game Changer Wrestling is talk is tweeting out about the Indie Hall of Fame. I mean, even though I find it funny that they had to move it because on to April and not January because, I mean, this was probably a test run to see how good it was, even though I mean, it should be suggested to do at during the WrestleMania uh, weekend. So, I'm just glad they're doing that this time around. But, uh, you know, now, I must mention a lot of things. I mean, especially what happened within last year, like, I had heard that somebody was going to induct uh, the late Tracy's mothers, but I was questioning who was going to accept it on his behalf since he passed away. And then I find out it's Chris Hero. I'm like, really? And here I see Hero all dressed up. I'm like, good grief, man. I'm trying not to simp for you, but bruh. I mean, I'm trying to stay far away from you because I have to thank Claudio for saving me to focus on a mobile esports organization. <laughs> but seriously, if I find out Harold's getting ducked into the Indie Hall of Fame, somebody's about to get their butt kicked. <laughs> Maybe I should tweet Game Changer Wrestling and said, "Oh, what? fine, Game fine, Game Changer Wrestling. You um, you're gonna have to book this match. How about Joey Janela versus Tim Dance? <laughs> or make it Joey Janela versus Tim Dance versus Kid Bandit. Let the Techno Witch, Hitch, Hitch, Senpai on the streets." Hentai on the sheets. Kick their butts. <laughs> I don't know why I'm starting to drag Joey Janela. I mean, I mean he's synonymous with Game Changer Wrestling. Even though I don't know who owns 
CW. I mean, seriously. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I know I shouldn't. I know everybody's like, I can't believe you just said that, Lindsay. I'm like, yeah, watch me. I'm, I'm going to be a mad booker. <laughs> I'll be laughing my butt if they do announce that Chris Harrell's going to be in the, did it in the Hall of Fame and Claudio's going to do it. I'm like, you kidding me? Like, fine. Book Tim Dons versus Joey Janela versus Kid Bandit, please. <laughs> I'm gonna get in so much in trouble for speaking about this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm I'm laughing, having too much fun talking about this. Uh, anyway. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's other. I mean, there's. There's going to be a lot of other things. Like, for example, I'm not happy about what... Pro I, I'm not happy when uh, anybody's writing articles about pro wrestlers and not using the wrestling names. They're going to use the real names. I mean, even though Mercedes Monet is, has her Twitter account to Mercedes Fernanda, which is her real name, um, but, you know, it's kind of crazy to hear about this. Um... And then talking about Sonia Deville under her real name, and even the article kind of misspelled it. I mean, seriously, did somebody ever proofread before before having the article published? Seriously, I just caught on to that. Um, but anyway, um, it's really cool to hear about. Uh, I mean. It's kind of crazy and cool, but at the same time, I mean, I don't. I have some people who might be sensitive to uh, hearing about this in the podcast, but I do want to just share about this because it makes me happy to see uh, other people to be happy. And sure, it's crazy enough as it is. So, yeah. <laughs> so. Excuse me for a living, okay? Um, but I just wanted to let people know that, you know, there's some sensitive subjects to talk about. Anyway, on top of that, uh, um, I know, I know most of you guys are saying, why are you in the podcast early, Lindsay? Well, because I don't know if, I, if there's any more news to mention about, but I will let you guys know if there is. But anyway, regardless of this, um, I just wanted to let other people know. Um, first of all, I'm going to say this. I am not, I am not, I'm not in much of favoritisms for any pro wrestling thing. I mean, I was kind of leaning towards AEW, but I mean, I've been dealing with a lot of things going on uh, with a lot of stress and anxiety, and I just need something to keep my mind distracted and not thinking of terrible things. And if it has to be any pro wrestling, rather if it's WWE or AEW or Impact or 
New Japan or Ring of Honor, even though I heard they're trying to make a comeback, according to what I probably saw. Um, you know, it's great. But at the very same time, people who aren't such of a nothing burger like Ariel Hawani, or heck, I'll just say this, even Jim Cornette, even though I was trying to figure out why was Jim Cornette trending again, and the only thing I went to see in the Twitter was his wife, uh, I believe it is his wife, Stacy, made the banana uh, nut uh, bread with walnuts, and it looked really good. I mean, it was her first time doing so, and I was, like, amazed by that. But Twitter, as per usual, wrestling Twitter, as per usual, it's gone ham. But I still trying to figure out why. why is that. Now, I had read somewhere that Cornette's wife and is in his uh um and his co-host slash producer uh I think Brian Last uh got kicked out of a uh unofficial Jim Cornette Facebook uh group page and they were like speaking they were claiming that they were speaking, representing Cornette, when the fact is they're not. And I was like, okay, that's kind of crazy, but that's that's unusual. But I mean, I mean, still wrestling fans are still angry at Cornette because of what he had to say. Although there are some people who are saying, oh, why haven't you just simply ignored the guy? Well. Sometimes the comments are really getting out of hand. I mean, just look how crazy he's saying. I mean, I mean, there were tweets that are like going off like crazy. I'm like, okay, you know what? This needs to stop. I mean, I mean, seriously, I just don't care if Cornette is still trending because of what he's saying. All right, it's nothing. Unless he's going to say something more stupid about Obushi and Kenny Omega, you know, otherwise, I'm just going to simply ignore him, okay? Otherwise, just just simply ignore him. If there's if he continues to say stupid things, you know, that's going to, I mean, Karma's going to hit him anyway. Just saying, but, um, but, but otherwise, uh, yeah, I mean... There's nothing we can't do. I mean, you could just tweet at him or block him. I mean, seriously. But you cannot get mad about anything else. I mean... I'm just saying. Just simply, you can't do anything much. Just ignore him. Whatever he's saying is going to bite him in the butt. I mean, seriously. What he's saying about Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, you know, he needs to, I mean, if he's really saying this, he needs to stop being obsessive. And that same thing applies to anybody who does not like Cornette, too, alright? Because it's going to get very much obsessive and it won't end well for anybody, alright? Alright.
But anyway, guys, I hope you do understand what I'm saying. I know this is crazy about my final thoughts. But um, hopefully you guys do understand. And if you guys enjoy this podcast, make sure to support me in any way. Um, I'll, it'll be in the description. Also, um, also, uh, and also make sure to, uh, continue to listen to me throughout every, anywhere, um, that Anchor can reach out to, um, that's including Spotify, and, uh, also make sure to, you're still, you're following, uh, you can rate this, and, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys then. Thank you all for listening. Bye for now.